the podcasting forbidden door has come down and with me for part one of uwf the final year episode nine is from the random wrestling review old man sam kerry now i haven't known you long enough sam to feel comfortable calling you that nickname quite yet but Mm. so i will say sam how are you doing rather than old man well i'm very good i appreciate that because uh as i get ironically as i get older less and less people call me old man Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a reverse thing. Yeah, or um, what is it uh, Michael Cole used? Oh, no, um, Bizarro World. Yeah, there we go. That was that yes. awful phrase that they used, wasn't it, on WWE for many years. But, um, yeah, you can call me old man if you want. It's I think Sam, I like you. Sam. I like Sam. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. And, as I'm and older it, than you as well, I don't feel very comfortable calling someone that's <laughs> younger than me old man, really. Well, it's also easier to say Sam. Hmm. Like, Less syllables, well, much easier, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to remember two names because it's tough. Yeah. Because like, you might you might accidentally call me old lady. <laughs> that is true. You're wearing a Green Bay Packers t-shirt. Are you a big NFL fan? Right. Uh, yes, I am, yeah. Aaron Rodgers last night for the Jets. What are your thoughts on that? So, to let's give a little little backstory to this. So, before I met my good lady fiancé, I, so I used to watch quite a lot of the NFL. Mm. And I was the first game I watched must have been bloody heck, must be 20, 20 some years ago. And the very first game I watched, the Jets played. It was a playoff game and they won. And oh, as okay. the game was going on, yeah, as the game was going on, I was like, I'm going to score them. Against the Packers, was this? Uh, no, no, they wouldn't have. I don't know who they, they might. No, I had no idea. Colts, maybe? Who they played. Mm, potentially. It was many, many years ago. I remember the Jets blowing out the Colts <laughs> in like the game before the NFC, AFC Championship game about hmm. 10 years ago, yeah. So yeah, 20 years ago, I, 20 years ago, not 10 years ago, 20 years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. potentially then. But I, um, yes, yeah, so I was like, oh, I'll have a bit of those Jets. And then I watched a lot of it for about probably five or six years, and then I kept up with it pretty. Mm. I keep up with it, but then I have years where I dip out. But my good lady is uh, American, so she's actually from Minnesota, but went to college in Wisconsin. Right, okay. And her very best friend, Julia, who's sadly no longer with us, was a massive Green Bay fan. Mm. And she kind of got my fiancé into American football properly. And she's a Green Bay fan. So I was like, you know what? I have a bit of this Green Bay stuff. So last year, we watched a lot of the Packers. And I've always, to this point, I'd always quite like Rogers because he's a bit, he's a bit different. He's not very showy. He seems like quite a... He seems to have a good... Well, he seems to have quite a good life outside of football. Mm. Like, he wasn't, like, this major, like, on social media going, yeah, I'm the best and all that. All that nonsense that some of these guys do. And then I watched him last season, and I watched a man whose body language was atrocious. And who, I, I have zero doubt that he was trying, but his general demeanour was that. So oh, this is getting very deep. But so basically, I... the Packers, yeah, the Packers had basically got rid of um, 
Devontae Adams in 2021. So in the offseason of 21 into 22. Well, the season 21, because it was obviously still 2022. But they got rid of him. He was Rogers' favourite receiver, but they served a guy called Alan Lazard, who was gone to the Jets with Rogers. But he basically threw his toys out of the pram about Adams being allowed to go. And they, the Packers kind of signed up a few. Like They drafted a couple of receivers, one of whom in the very first play of the season, there was a deep ball thrown, probably about 30, 40 yards. He's wide open. They're away at Minnesota, so that's like the game yeah. for their season in terms of the conference, and he dropped it. And it was almost from that point on, Rogers was just like, these guys ain't good enough. Yeah. It felt it felt like that. So I I wasn't sorry to see him go at all. Like absolutely not. I've also heard him on some things and I think he's a bit of an arsehole. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's one of these great COVID questioners. Oh, okay. I I de- denier isn't fair because I have heard him talk about it uh quite some length. And he was talking to that bastion of rationality, Joe Rogan. Oh god, I can so, only imagine how bad that would have been, yeah. Yeah, so well he came off okay out of that, actually, compared to Rogan, but yeah, I don't I didn't didn't like him. Like he did this thing in the off season where he basically went off and did I think it was like two days, two weeks in the dark. Okay. He just went in and they're obviously monitored, like he's got millions and millions of dollars. And he came out and he is so Pat McAfee. Yeah. So that obviously links it into some wrestling, which is nice. Pat McAfee's show, he appears on there and he's actually very good value on there. They do Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays with him during the season. He's good value, but he did one in the off season and he basically, that was the first time he said, I want to play for the New York Jets. Okay. Yeah. So everyone was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is amazing. Completely missing the fact that he'd said also in the interview, before he went into the cave, he was dead set on retiring. And then he was obviously in the cave. He realized that he can make this $37 million over two years. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. So I'm not I'm not glad that he's injured. It's not nice that he's torn his Achilles tendon. Like that's an absolutely horrendous injury to yeah. get. The one thing I think which is... Like for him personally, I think he's 39. Yeah. Like he's had a heck of a career as well. And quite honestly, I don't want to get too far into like the minutiae of the sport, but having read up on it in the preseason, their offensive line, so for people who don't know, in American football, they effectively protect the quarterback and the running back. The Jets' offensive line was turd. Okay, and okay. that was and that was basically the thing that he kind of leveled at the Packers, unless the main guy who plays on the left side, so kind of offers much much of the protection. A guy called Bactiari, unless he was in, there was always kind of his criticism about the Packers. It was just all, it was all very strange. It was a very strange thing, and they kind of loaded up 
wide receivers, but they didn't actually protect him to enable him to pass because he's 39. He can barely run. Mm. Like he, he wasn't ever a runner anyway. So I'm not surprised it's happened at all. I thought it would have been off of like, I thought it would have been something like he was running when I read about it this morning. Yeah. But having, having seen the clip, it's absolutely horrendous. Like his ankle goes in a way that it should not bend. But yeah, ultimately, I think basically what I'm going to say is fuck him. <laughs> I was going to put a bit of a disclaimer at the top of the show that uh, if you're yeah. not familiar with Random Wrestling Review, there's probably going to be more swearing in this than, than and I'm not going to put, I'm not going to censor the guys. So you've had one F-bomb there. Well, well that's fine. Yeah. If you're sensitive to swearing or you're playing this in front of kids, then maybe this might not be the podcast for you because you're going to get the full unleashed, unleashed, uh, unleashed gentleman, unleashed gentleman. What is that? <laughs> that sounds like a podcast of 2024. That was a deep. I really enjoyed that deep NFL cut. That was a deeper yeah. cut. Than I was missing. I I have gone through stage of loving it, but the problem now I've got is yeah. it's it's great that you're your other half and you watch it because that's such a good thing. But it's such an unsociable time. Because it's Sunday yes. nights here in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. So when I lived at my parents, I would always watch whatever the six o'clock game was. Unfortunately for me, when I was about seven or eight, when NFL was massive here for the first time in the late 80s, my parents mm-hmm. got me got me a New York Jets shirt. So I've always ah. kind of kept... So when the Jets are doing well, I get into it more. So last season, I watched some of the games at the end uh, when they didn't get in the playoffs. And if they do well this year, I, I will pay more attention to it. But with wrestling and golf and football it's, it's and all the other thing, cricket and darts, and it's, you know, like it needs to sit, yeah. un- unfortunately. But I do really like it. Um, I keep saying to myself, I must, I think the last two or three Super Bowls have been really good, haven't they, in terms of like very yeah. exciting. I keep saying I, ne- I must take the day off and, and watch it. And I never do it. And I wake up the next time, like, for God's sake, it's like the best Super Bowl of all time. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, we must move on, unfortunately, because oh, we've got two episodes to do. And we've got more people coming up, got more <laughs> special guests after Sam. So Sam oh, has been an absolute soldier for uh, UWF the final year because he's the only one that's taken on episode one. And unfortunately, Matthew Roberts uh, is uh, got some 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 out, out external things going on that meant he couldn't appear on the yeah. podcast tonight. Unfortunately, so uh, best wishes and love to to Matt. But now, absolutely, absolutely, and it was great seeing him recently at All In. Um, we're now going to get back in our time machines uh, first to the August the twenty second, nineteen seven episode of the Universal Wrestling Federation with a recap of Eddie Gilbert and Brad Armstrong from the prior week's television, which ended with Terry Taylor interfering and beating Dan Armstrong until his tag partner Tim Horner made the save. Uh, Jim Ross was at ringside from the Superdome of all places. And this week we'd have Barry Windham versus Shaska Watley for the Western States Heritage title. What a brilliantly named championship that is not. Uh, <laughs> Terry Gordy versus Angel of Death. Also, um, any thoughts, Sam, on the early look of this show or a very young Jim Ross? So I thought it's a, I thought it was a really So this is full disclaimer for the viewers. I never watched no UWF. Never watched any of it. Didn't know who was going to be on it. Didn't have a clue. I thought this was a really great introduction okay, to what's yeah. going on. Like, this is the main thing that's going on. Like, these guys, well, these four, well, it's, it's Terry Taylor and Brad Armstrong, isn't it? But they've kind of got Eddie Gilbert, who, like, we find out is, like, has made the first family of wrestling. And then you've got, was it Jack Jack Corner? Sat in the corner. Uh, Tim Horner. Tim Horner. Tim Horner. His brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought it was just a nice little intro. And the heat. This is something. 
kind of a bit this episode when we get into the second episode the heat that they generate on these crowds is extraordinary and then you get the music and there's the bass coming in and it's like ah i was in yeah i see i think this is the bit this is what kind of how i've done the show since the start i've done lots of shows with lot especially right at the beginning when i pretty much Mm. you know 40 odd guest hosts a year so it's always speaking to people that have never seen it before i really like that because it's like and one of the not to get ahead of the questions at the end is if you if you went back in time, I'm really interested in, and you can answer this later. If this would have been, if you had, you know, WWF superstars and you had World Championship Wrestling and you had UWF, it's it's interesting to me whether this would have done enough to sort of keep you interested yeah. back in the eighties. And actually, you did have some choice. So mm. up first was Davy Haskins uh, versus the zero zero and one hundred three Mike Boyette. Boyette told Ross that he was going to win this one because he was tired of making no money. Uh, which I suspect was very much the case when he said that he was making no money at all here. <laughs> um, this was quite a historic night for the UWF. So it's basically Mid-South UWF Superdome is kind of like one of their strongholds. But this was the last time they'd ever run this this uh, this dome um, with these matches having been taped on August the 1st, 1987, on a card that was main evented by a first blood steel cage six-man between the Freebirds and Bubba Rogers, um, along with Black Bart and the Terminator. The Terminator, I don't think, appears on these shows, but he's... No. Road Warrior Animal and John Laurinaitis' other brother that I didn't even know existed until a few weeks ago. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully um, less of a sex pest than his brother John. <laughs> um, the show drew around 5,000 people. I'm quite surprised they got as many as that at this point. Uh, Ross went through the top 10. Barry Windham with his prestigious Western States title as a new number one contender uh, to the UWF world title. Uh, Haskins won this match with a roll-up in four minutes in a match that was pretty much nothing and devoid of any crowd heat or significant action. Uh, what do you think of presumably, and I think it is right in saying, the first UWF match you've ever seen in your life? Uh, which was yes yeah so uh, so what you had immediately is you've had this boy saying talking to jr saying like you said i'm sick of making no money i'm sick of losing i'm sick of being on the bottom and i was like immediately this guy is relatable in some way because he'd be me that would be my gimmick and I, it made me think, I was like, I wish this gimmick existed now. Yeah, yeah. Like where people just lose. And the crowd, I it's hard to do in something like this because they're obviously traveling around. So you don't get that like weekly TV show where it's like, oh, boy, it's lost again, poor little lamb. And then you <laughs> build it up and then someone gives him a chance on paper the view and he almost wins and then wrestlemania well in this case starcade comes around the following year and he gets the win lovely old job i thought this was fine actually yeah i didn't no idea who Askins is yeah like it's just like the the hill so boy it has no reason to be cocky but he's dominating the match because they say that haskins is a young upstart i think is the term jr uses and he's like deluded isn't he and then he gets the roll up and i just thought what what more would you want from something like this? Absolutely, really? yeah, yeah. I think you like this promotion a lot more than me. I think you are going. We, we talked. I can't remember if it was on air or off air about you taking over and for you're going to go back in time and do the night. <laughs> so I started in late 1983. So we've still got 1980, 1981, and 1982, and most of 1983 to do. So it sounds like this might be in your wow. future, Sam. Well, I don't know about that. 
<laughs> you got to do it. You got to do it twice weekly as well. I did go for a period of the pandemic when I was releasing two episodes a week. I don't know how to kill me to be honest. <laughs> Just absolutely different time. Right. Next up, Terry Gordy versus somebody I've renamed the Angel of Atrocious Wrestling. So here against a very good opponent, it was a chance for this guy to redeem himself. Um, the Angel of Death had, of course, been an adopted and terrible member of the Freebirds for a brief time. Uh, Gordy beat the Angel clean as a whistle in a pretty dull encounter that only went at three minutes 30 afterwards ross interviewed hayes and said he knew he was turning his sights to tag team wrestling um hayes said there were a lot of tag teams around but they had made they had made tag team wrestling that didn't make a lot of sense he said he wanted <laughs> to know that the free birds had been through hell and back but they'd do it all again to get what they wanted he challenged the midnight express and said they had something to deal with gordy said the lightning express and the midnight express weren't nasty and all the other tag teams weren't nasty, but they were the nastiest, meanest individuals out there. Um, I don't like the Freebirds' uh, baby faces at all. Um, what do you... Th- what, sorry, Sam, give me one second, because my dear wife has forgotten her keys. I'm going to have to go and let her in. Give me one No moment. problem. Go and let her in. Yeah. Right, we're back. We're back. Now, what do you think of the match of Terry Gordy and uh, Angel of Death and the post-match promo from Gordy here? Well... The only thing impressive about the match is Terry Gordy's knee brace, which is enormous. Like, basically takes up his whole leg. I'm not... All that stuff staying in, pretty much, because I don't... I know Ben, <laughs> ben is a, a very big editor, but I'm not a big editor yeah. at all. So, yeah, yeah. But keep it real. That's, that's good. That's fine. Basically, what happened in that little intermission was my trousers fell down. <laughs> We timed it. 7.06, trousers down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Gordy's knee support is incredible. Goes up basically the whole length of his leg. It's just two ham hocks hitting each other, isn't it? Mm. It's just not, it's not, but not in a good way either. Like not in a, because they get, what is it? What do you say? Three minutes they get? Uh, like, 3.30, yeah. Yeah, like they don't get any time. And I thought, I thought the pro. I, so Michael Hayes is tremendous on the mic. He's absolutely tremendous, and he's so worked up that I'm kind of like, you know what? I can get behind this. Yeah. But then Gordy talks like to your point. He just goes on about people being nasty, and they're not nasty. No, they are nasty. People aren't nasty. And I was just like, this is crap. Like, didn't that have to be a face? Did he? I didn't think. What well, didn't want to be. No, like, yeah. like I, I wonder if the trade-off was like, you can be nasty, you can say you're going to be nasty, but please just be nice. <laughs> and also, I didn't, I was appreciative of the uh, explanation by Jr. on commentary about who the angel of death was, because I didn't, I didn't have a clue. But this was just to tie up that little loose end, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah, didn't really achieve anything. Like I felt like the Angel of Death probably should have come down with a couple of mates, and yeah. they should have probably started beating down the Freebirds, and then, like, yeah, it just didn't wasn't very satisfying, was it? No. See what? Can you? I don't know if you can. Did you watch this stuff today or over the weekend? Can you remember? Can you remember? Can you picture Terry Gordy in your? Because I'm going to ask you how old you think he was at this time. Um, vaguely, I reckon. So look at Michael. So Michael Hayes. I was actually intrigued to see how 
old he was now, and he's right. Let me work out. So if they were the same age, he'd be about 37. So Gordy was 26 there. No, fucking yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, 26. It's insane. So there's a there's a guy called Brett Wayne Sawyer. I don't, you probably heard of Buzz Sawyer back in the day. Yeah. Brett Wayne Sawyer was Buzz's brother. He sadly passed away uh, this week. But one of the things I was, oh. I was interesting, interested in listening to is that back then... Lots of guys got breaks really young. So Brett Wayne Sawyer mm. was on Georgia Championship Wrestling. So that was the kind of one of the first nationally televised cable things. It was, a, I think, it was a TV wrestling show that became World Championship Wrestling. And he was like one of their singles champions when he was in his very early twenties. So guys now, particularly, there's a, there's a few younger guys in AEW. But if you think guys in WWE historically over maybe the last ten years, usually people have been NXT for a while and they get a break in their thirties, don't they? But these guys were, pushed. yeah. I mean, Gordy was a big star in his early twenties, and I think I was listening to. Um, a, 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 all of our favourite wrestling journalists, whose name will remain, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep off the air. Um, he was talking about Kerry Von Erich and the, the Von Erichs and the, like their biggest year. And Kerry was twenty three, and David was twenty four, and I think uh, Kevin was twenty five. But those guys wouldn't have got that chance now. They would have been, you know, in NXT yeah. or training for ages and ages and ages before they got to go. So wrestling really has changed that. And I do think they're missing a trick there because I still do think that if you think about appealing to sort of younger people i do think there's an element of kind of the younger kind of male baby face getting over with that sort of sort of demographic i think that isn't do they tried it sort of a little bit in AEW with jungle boy but obviously i uh, show what wearing a cm punk t-shirt right now i shouldn't even mention that bastard's name should i really i've discussed <laughs> i've actually even said it he caused such pain to my beloved cm punk but yeah apart from him i suppose darby allen but he's kind of more of an alternative sort of gothy he's not like traditional you know what I mean? Not like a traditional sense in that in that respect. Yeah, there's also no um. Well, there's there's very little nuance anyway, is there? Yeah. And yeah. like uh, anymore, so I don't think these people. I don't think. Well, well, I I say that I think we're getting we're getting we as if I'm part of the wrestling world. Um, I think it is getting better in that they are giving people something where they can actually be themselves yeah a, a lot more than they maybe were quite even three years ago to be honest i think like the big one for me that i thought really seemed to change everyone's opinion was the usos in okay wwe where all of a sudden they went away from like doing that deeply offensive like they kind of did like a semi-hacker thing, oh, didn't they, yeah. when they came out for years? And I think since then we've got back into it. Because I think there is, like going back to your point, there is something about that young person. Like, like the what I know he didn't ascend to the levels that he probably should have, really. But like Sean Waltman, when he came yeah. in as one, two, three kid, and he pinned. Like that was enormous, and that gave that basically built his career for a yeah. few years. And you could kind of work off that, and he was fresh faced. And then also, as he got older and he grew that beard, he could then be a bit of a bastard. Yeah, and yeah. people were still like, Hang on, but you were that fresh faced kid we loved. Yeah, and he was like, Nah, fuck off, not interested. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think like what well, you've said that I was looking at um well I was listening, sorry, to the episode of the Random Wrestling Review where they did their WrestleMania 40 predictions. Uh, I've not heard it yet, but you go any spoilers, go go ahead. Well, no, they're just talking about like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa reteaming. Right, and okay. I'm like, isn't Tommaso Ciampa like 43 or something? He's, he's not young, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and they're like talking about that, oh yeah, they could get them back together as a tag team and that. And I'm like, well, Tinky kind of like touched upon like their level, but I don't want to see it. Was that Matt by any wanna... chance? Uh, no, in fairness, it was Matt brought them up. Yeah. And then uh, Tinky also had them as a tag okay. team on, their, okay. on his card. But I don't want to see that. I don't want to see these like journeymen in tag teams. Like, I don't really keep up with it. But like, if I ever see AJ Styles in a tag match, I'm always just like, if he ain't good enough to come on his own, what's the point? Ian? Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like with some of those people, you've kind of almost... AJ's such a good example because I feel like AJ's last sort of great stuff was the Cena stuff, which is however long ago yeah. that was now. 20... Quirky, 2017, maybe that would have been. So that's a long time. Oh, yeah. 2016, 2017, I think. Because it was the same... Because they had their match at the Royal Rumble a few weeks after Okada Omega won. And I think there was a lot of comparisons between the two at the time. Uh, um, so, I, I, but AJ Styles was so good, but he hasn't been good for a long time. And I feel like yeah. any, AJ Styles and Finn Balor is a good example. They had a lot of matches. You just think, what? It's like, this is just not going to be what, what my mind says it's going to be because I'm thinking about AJ Styles in probably New Japan AJ Styles in between the bit between TNA and um, because, but for some of these people I just I just don't need to see them wrestling ever again if that makes sense yeah. and I, f- I feel like that a little bit with Johnny Gargano and so much good Johnny Gargano stuff out there it's just like whatever I get now is not going to be as good so I'd probably rather not see it but yeah 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 uh, right now talking about talk, gone to someone that's still wrestling Sting was with Ro- Jim Ross when we came back from break and Ross said to him you've had some great battles with Sting and Sting said Steiner you mean Sting couldn't bring himself to say anything about Steiner. Or perhaps he couldn't think of anything to say. He called Terry Taylor a punk. Then he said he'd been talking to UWF Commissioner John Ayres and said he possibly had a match with Gilbert for the TV title. Possibly. Sting said Gilbert would end up running home to his mama and then he banged on his chest. What do you think about this is newly turned babyface 1987 Sting here? Um, I loved that he corrected JR. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Um, he waffles a lot, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And then, um, what is it? I can't believe. Oh yeah, referring to um, Jr. refers to, or is it Steve refers to the contract negotiation? Sorry, I've completely lost it's myself right. by trying to read that word. He's that talking I about. Read basically the negotiations with John Ayres, but why he can't nail down this match, I don't know. It's like, why is it so difficult for him? Yeah. Well, it also... I I just... I don't care about (laughs) that. And I I think that's also, like, the era that I first watched wrestling, like, and being a WWF, then WWE guy, like, I didn't really care for that stuff. And I just didn't think it was very good at all. But I do like the fact that people are gunning for the top 
Yeah. And I know this is the nature of only having a handful of titles instead of 58 titles. But like Sting's immediately say, I want Terry Taylor. I want that TV title. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Can I have that now, please? (laughs) Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, I agree. The title situation is getting a bit murky now, but we'll probably talk about that more Mm. in the next episode. Uh, We then got a video package I hadn't seen before for Steve Williams sets the Queen classic We Are The Champions. Uh, We saw various shots of Williams in the ring, including him being beaten down by Dick Murdoch. We got some training shots, then him pinning Big Bubba Rogers for the UWF title. Champagne backstage with the lads, including a great slow-mo of him pouring it on his own head, pointing at the belt, shaking his head and then taking a big swig before it ended up with a close-up of the belt. Um, I'm pleased. We, I'm really pleased we got this because I was worried. Yeah. You know, when, I, when I watched a few weeks ago, and I wasn't sure who was doing what, but this is a bit of UWF magic here because poor Justine, the second episode Jets do last month was dismal. So what did you make of this masterpiece? It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, it's it really was. Like, but also, like, so I was trying to remember the show. that. So on the round of rest of you, me, Tom and Tinky covered an old... WCW show, I think it was. And it was just WCW. Yeah. And uh, they had a video at the end for Magnum TA because he was injured and he was kind of doing similar stuff. He's running down the beach. It was like a, a music video type deal just before the main event. And that was what this reminded me of. But it's so, like innocent. Yeah. But like, if you're me and you turn up, and you're like, oh, I'm going to watch this UWF episode. Like, even back in 1987, I would be under no doubt that Steve Williams is my guy. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. the guy that I've got to, I've got to go for. And the thing with the zoom-in on the title at the end is, like, that's the important thing. Yeah. It's just so different to how pretty much the last... 20 years of wrestling has been booked that I've been watching where the title is secondary to the feud that you have and it's like you're feuding and oh yeah well it'll be for the title that's all right I I don't mind taking the title like a lot of the bloodline stuff has now become it's not about the title yeah massively it's not been about the title since Wrestlemania I don't think no and like I um I'm way behind on watching wrestling. I will probably watch Paybacks. It sounded pretty good Mm. from what I read. But I just got to just before the main event of SummerSlam. And I can't be bothered. I can't (laughs) be bothered. There's just a a Nats pube over an hour left on the show. And I'm like, when when they did what they did, I was just like, you're losing me here. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, I don't want to bring this up. I don't want to bring this up. But it did make me think that if this was where they were going with it, they should have pulled the trigger at Mania. I think that, I still think that. I still think you do everything the same, but you switch the title. And even have Brock win the title for a couple of months. That's okay. Like it's a bit mm. different. Not every title reign has to be. I think WWE have fallen into this trap now where they feel like every title reign has to be long. That isn't what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You, you can have some you can have some back and forth with the title. It doesn't have to be everything's got mm. to be over a year. Because I I don't think that's look, I know I don't sure if you're an MMA fan or boxing fan, but 
in some sometimes you got someone that had a title for ages. Sometimes you had Lennox Lewis turn up and he got he got knocked out by his Hasim Rachman in two rounds. Yeah. And it's like okay, if the the world is completely shocked and you build to a rematch and inevitably wins it back. But yeah. wrestling should be more like that. It should be should be if everything's one thing, then you're all you're doing is you're saying all you all I've done now is you're saying well Roman's not going to lose a title between now and WrestleMania because it was actually yeah. if you flipped to Cody. Everything on that side of things is fresh, and you don't have to do the world title thing with, with Seth Rollins either. Yeah, it's got um, they've got themselves in a bit of a mess, I think, yeah. with it because I I I think that people well, and I don't because I don't watch like I read stuff every now and then. People have had enough of it now. I think. I think so. Yeah, and also they've got to the point where if you if you go against the champion and you don't win. You should come out of it better off than when you went in, like as a performer, as like the standard that the audience see you. Yeah. Unless, unless you're a proper, like a proper jobber, and it's like our truth, uh, Capital Carnage all those years ago against Cena when they had no one else. Like, unless it's that, everyone has to be brought up a level, and that's just stopped now. Yeah. Yeah. And indeed. I think. I think the more I think about it, I think that the fact that Cody didn't win, whilst I agreed with it at the time, has now made people realise what you just said. They're just waiting for mania. Yeah, exactly, which is not, Again, a, good, not a good place to be. Yeah, No, because it makes everything... Point. I thoroughly enjoyed what I watched of SummerSlam, but it's taken me a month yeah to watch it like it's not yeah whereas if there was something in the main event i would have been like immediately i would have been like oh i need to watch that i need to watch that like probably so my good lady and i were in the us when it was on okay yeah so i did yeah i did kind of jokingly suggest that we could watch it to <laughs> her and her friends who we were staying with and it didn't it didn't go down badly but it was just i met with yeah, yeah, I don't think so. And I was like, no, oh, that's fine. But I happened to see what happened in the main event the next morning. My good lady was asleep. Her friends were asleep. I was like, I could watch this. And I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm just going to let Alex is in early. So he's going to have to just listen to the rest of us while we're finishing this. Isn't oh, he? here so he is. He's got a live live audience. So, so spoiler alert. Alex Rockstar Kirky's joining us for the second episode. So, but Alex, we're not finished. So if you can hear us, you just have to wait, I'm afraid. Live audience. So you can laugh along to our very many gags. I'm not sure if he's there oh. or not, actually. I can see I can see the name Alex. But while we're waiting for that, why don't we move on to a real treat? There he is. How you doing, Alex? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. <laughs> Looking bloody gorgeous as ever, isn't he? Oh, yeah. 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 Look at the stick at that. For God's sake, I've not seen him for for ages on this. It's just like he's just too <laughs> handsome, isn't he? So, right. so sorry, j- Sam, just just for the viewers at home, for the viewers at home, for the listeners at home. So on my Zoom, what we have is we have a sliding scale of amounts of hair on head <laughs> from the lowest, which is me, down to Alex, which is the highest. Yes. and I think I think we can probably figure out where Stephen sits. And yeah, I'm, I'm, when uh... Tom turns up. Oh, I I'm going to be Tom third. I think. Turn up. <laughs> you know what? Nah, yeah. I, I don't think I've I've ever seen Tom's hair. I think I've always, whenever I mean, obviously I've not seen him as much as you have, but he's always had a cap on. So I actually don't know what his hair looks like. 
Well, we've got that to look forward to in terms of whether yeah. he's got a cat. Right, let's fit. Let's finish this because what? Because uh, yeah, I want to. I want to. Because I think I think episode two could could take a while in, in all good ways. Right, next up, a real treat. Housewives favorite and my favorite, Terry Taylor versus Steve Cox in a special challenge match. Jim Ross was joined on commentary by Eddie Gilbert, and we didn't learn what a special challenge this was. They talked on commentary about the previous week's press conference, which ended with Chris Adams getting a wooden chair over the bonds and being busted wide open. Cox had a new pair of tights on that were very rockers 1990, and he looked night and day with some of the very iffy quality of his earlier performances. Um, ultimately, he was pinned by Terry Taylor in 5.52, and Terry had to resort to having his feet on the ropes to get the victory. And just a moment or two earlier, Cox had landed a, fly- a good flying clothesline, uh, but decided to do a little dance rather than going straight for the pin, obviously, as you do. Sam, your thoughts on Terry Taylor versus Steve Cox? Um, Terry Taylor had music, so he's the only guy in both of these shows who has any music, which I thought... Uh, Cox, so you've just gone into a lot of detail about Cox there, and um, there's a joke in there somewhere, isn't there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Actually, so, I knew a guy who was Cox, but C-O-C-K-S many, many moons ago. Yeah. Yeah. Went out with a girl called Natalie. He was another school locally to me. Uh, and I had some friends there and he went out of a golf called Natalie for my sixth form. I think it's fair to say 50% of the boys in my sixth form fell in love with her at some point and a hundred percent of them got nowhere. So yes. Wow. Cox mm. by name, Cox by nature. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, um, I didn't have a clue who Cox he was. Didn't care who Cox he was. <laughs> didn't know why it was a special challenge. But I did very much enjoy Eddie Gilbert on commentary. I thought yeah. he was very good. But they did go on a little bit too much about everything else rather than the match, mm. I thought. But this is the best match of Terry Taylor's I've ever seen. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, because I I don't think I've ever seen him have a one-on-one match. And why is he not a rooster? Think, think, yes, he was two years after this. And I, I can't even, I didn't. So Terry Taylor was a, ba- a really sickly sweet baby face in early Mid-South. Then he went off to Crockett and he came back. And t- this Terry Taylor is unbelievably good. This Terry Taylor is as good of a heel as The Rock was in 98 when he was with The Nation. He is mm. unbelievable. And how, I don't know whether it was his size or what it was, how this guy didn't translate into something more somewhere else, I don't know, because he had it, he had this character absolutely nailed in this it, it, the sort of heel that everyone hated but the older kind of smarter fans just enjoyed and could laugh along at some of his stuff so yeah i don't really it's it's, it's i've seen a completely different side of him during this run mm-hmm. it does it did kind of make me think like over the two shows i was like he is actually pretty bloody good yeah like yeah. in terms of like his talking as well i thought oh lovely go on terry yeah and now is he still at impact I think he works WWE actually. Does he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Ah, good, good lad. I think he's in Florida for NXT. Uh, we then got a video package voiced by Jim Ross talking about Eddie Gilbert's group, set initially to hot stuff by Donna Summer. This showed the full story of the split between Sting and Eddie, including the loss of the tag titles. Uh, that Sting and Steiner had held and they lost them to the Lightning Express. Uh, and later in the package, we saw Taylor Blast Sting with a boot provided to him by Eddie uh, for a television victory. I thought this went a little bit too long, um, but did did you like, what do you think of this recap, Sam? And would this have got you interested in the feud at the time? Uh, yes, it would have, I think, because I liked the presentation of it. I thought they 
just laid it out very clear. There was no like worrying about it. I love the heat when the when he takes the boot off. The heat is incredible. Hmm. Like these people want to murder him. Yeah. And I just, I yeah, I thought it was a really well done piece of kit. I gotta be honest, yeah. Good, good. Williams was with Ross and they talked about Ron Simmons being on the way to the UWF and Williams put him over strong. He called him a raging bull and said he's sure he'd be accepted like he was. He also added, if anyone thought about jumping on his back, he had Dusty Rose there to help. And I expected to then see Dusty, but we didn't. Mm. Um, Williams said it was lonely at the top. Everyone was gunning for the gold and he feared no evil. I thought Williams was fine here. I mean, this is a guy who's never really um people don't think of him as a good promo but i thought this was okay what did you think of williams little promo here uh i thought it's pretty crap to be honest <laughs> because i didn't uh, because, <laughs> because i didn't understand i like he's talking about ron simmons like he's some jabroni whereas he's obviously he's a big deal like College football in the US, even at this point, is enormous. Like, so people may have known who he is, but also he's not Steve Williams because Steve Williams played in the NFL. Mm. And I was a bit like, why are you? It, it's very, it's a very lazy pairing. And I think what basically what Williams had to do was try and put over Simmons and then randomly mention Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. And I think. Within about four seconds, he'd run over, uh, run out of ways to put over Ron Simmons. So he just waffled on a little bit, to be honest. And I'll tell you what, I could, all I could think, I was probably distracted first. All I could think was, I'll bet JR had a little semi on. Because <laughs> he loves start to death, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he really did. He loves it. He really did. Yeah, really like, did. I've spat all over my screen with that. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> bat or spat. Both actually, yeah, both, both. I'm just picking the little bits off of uh, of whatever fluid that is there. But there we go, yeah. And anything more just, on this? Just to um... let you know, sorry, really. Oh, go on, go on. Because my finger is well on the pulse. In 2012, Terry Taylor was re-signed to WWE to work as a trader for NXT. So there you go. So he's been there ever since. Excellent. I've got at my research very quick though, haven't I? Yeah, and, and he's been so he's been there ever since. Since yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I fair play. He works with on the finishing class. Fair play. Well, good, good luck to him. Yeah, good luck yeah, to yeah. him. Um, I mean that that that's first. That's a job you can do in only two businesses, isn't it? The old finishing class. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Read between the lines. Um, yeah. Next up for the Western States Heritage title, you had Shaska Watley challenging Barry Windham. This went to a break in three minutes and 44 seconds, and we got a vignette on Eddie Gilbert and then the Freebirds. I've seen these before. Any thoughts on these, Sam? Because I I feel like I've I've seen these about 100 times, unfortunately. Uh, well, the uh, the little like video, I didn't really understand. I didn't really, I didn't, like, this is my first experience of them just randomly interjecting a match with some yeah. advertisements what these were were uh, most of the time and I, I yeah the vast majority of the time so in, in in an area where they had live events this would normally be interviews setting up the live event but in areas where ah. they didn't have live events they'd have this stuff instead so for example new york so in new york they didn't have uh events but they had television um so they would fill the gaps with other stuff basically so that's nice. what these that's what these were that's good to know. That's good. To know. I did quite enjoy them. Like, yeah, they were I, okay. I, yeah, 
It's I just I've seen them so many times. Sorry, yeah, I um, love the I love the awful Bad Streets video. Yeah, <laughs> love it because yes. it's just he's a terrible mimer. Yeah, but going back to the match. So old uh, Watley, Buff Bagwell basically stole his gimmick, didn't he? Pretty much, effectively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was like, because I've heard the name hundreds of times, no idea who the cunt is, but now I do. <laughs> I first see Bum on the show there. Uh, yeah. Pez Watley was a jobber in WF when I first started watching 1990, actually. Wyndham predictably beat him in six minutes and 45 seconds. I thought this was fine. Nothing out of the world. Nothing out of this world, I should say. Um, anything to add on this, Sam? Um, I add, not bad. Nice showcase for Watley. Preferred the, preferred the videos in between. That's yeah. I don't think that's yep. un- unreasonable. No. Um, I don't think this was the most exciting episode of television in UW history. Um, but I think you probably enjoyed it a bit more than I did. Um, so what do, what are your sort of final thoughts on this, whatever it was, August the 22nd, 1987 episode? And, and as I said at the start, do you think that if you take yourself back to 87, you'd have had, what, WF Superstars, Challenge at the weekend. Mm. You'd have had the Crockett Show on TBS that was at 6.05, I think, by this point. And probably this as well, and maybe a bit, of, maybe some world class, possibly depending on where you were. But do you think that this would have been? I mean, that's you think about that, that all on television, all available to you. That's a pretty good time to be a wrestling fan. Do you think this yeah. piqued your interest enough to come back to this for an hour a week? I think so. What I was thinking when I watched this, this so this is like we've talked about this on the sh- on the random wrestling review, random wrestling review before, like watching, uh. British wrestling with my nan kind of like got me into it and that's what this felt like yeah it was just like a neat little 45 minutes and I think it probably would have I think especially the age so well I would have been young when I would have been like just under four when this came on but if you'd added on a few years I think I would have been like oh can we watch the wrestling yeah and this this is the kind of thing as well well, I think my dad would have been perfectly happy sitting through. Whereas when I got into WWF, it's obviously a bit more cartoony, a bit more silly. And I think he just found it silly. Yeah. And a bit over the top, inoffensive. I wouldn't be like, turn it off or anything like that. But he'd just be like, I don't want to watch this. It's so interesting you said that, Sam, because my dad, had, when I first started watching, my dad would watch. And we so the show that we would watch would tend to be primetime wrestling. And back then, mm. you'd have some weeks where it was, I feel like most of the weeks, it was Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan sitting in a studio and they'd throw to arena matches. So you'd get a lot of wrestling on it. But if you ever watched yeah. WWF Superstars, it'd drive them insane because all you get is squash matches. And then you mm-hmm. get like a hundred promos for the Survivor Series that wouldn't be for three months. And you're like, well, why? Yeah. Yeah, so it's probably similar sort of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I think I would have probably... what I would have watched this very happily intermittently and, based on this episode, been very confident that I would have knowledge of the main stories going on. Yeah, absolutely. Week to week, even if I missed a month, they'd probably get me up to speed based on this episode. Indeed. That is it. We've got another That's visitor it. now. That is it. So so Sam, absolute legend, is staying with us for episode two. We've also got Alex Rockstar Kirky. Say hello again, Alex. I've already introduced hello, you, but let's hello. go again. The most yeah. gorgeous man in podcasting. And the <laughs> second most gorgeous man in podcasting is also with us here now. Tom Smith. How are you doing, Tom? 
Yeah, good, good, good. Hang on, give me two seconds. I'm having some problems with my mic. Can I, can I just say, I, dis, I do not agree with that, Sam. Don't worry. Uh, thank you. Worry. Thank you, Mark. So I was just about to say, oh, first yeah. and second are gone. <laughs> Third time, I'm fourth. Actually, Ben and and and, uh, and Matt are obviously ahead of me as well. Um, how you? How, I'm not going to edit any of this out, Tom, because I, unlike Ben, cannot be bothered to edit everything. Nah. Ben does a great job. How is the mic sounding at the moment? Is it a bit better? Yeah, you I think. Sound... Well, you, you be the judge of that. Well, oh, you sound you sound very good. You very, are very good. good. Basey <laughs> and sexy, I would say. Um, Do you know what? That's what it says on my um, LinkedIn. <laughs> Basey and sexy. Yeah, yeah, big time. Excellent. And also, I should also say, say thank you to all of you for joining. And I didn't realise until last week that you're all joining me during Scotland versus England. So I very much appreciate you not watching that and joining me to talk about wrestling podcasting. So um, I can only apologise for tearing you away from that that match. Did you realise that was on, Tom? I was I, I was aware that it was happening at some point this week, but the fact that it was happening right now, I'd know. Yeah, it <laughs> I say in that, eight right. minutes. So it's, it's going on over yeah. there. So nothing at the moment. Right. Now, we're going to get on with it. Unfortunately, about a month of television is lost to the annals of time. So the next episode we'll be reviewing is from September the 26th, 1987. Uh, blah, blah, blah. A couple of new guests have already read that all out. Um, so here Fuck we em. go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here we go with the September the 26th, 1987 episode of the Universal Wrestling Federation. And it started with Missy Hyatt outside a large building. And she mentioned mm-hmm. the Dallas studios. And what a change of setting this is. Uh, Jim Ross and Magnum TA sit in the studio in Dallas, Ross mentioned Starcade 87, and he also said we'd see some great stars representing the National Wrestling Alliance, and then talked about a load of traditional Crockett people, which made my stomach turn a little bit. And um, Missy Hyatt was in, also in the studio, and she said she'd have a special interview with Gilbert and Taylor. Ross said Scandal would be there in person as well, and they cut to an NWA ring for Ivan Koloff versus Rocky King. So this is a complete, a complete and utter format change. They've ripped up what, what UWF was, and this is now basically tacked on to um you know part of the basically part of the nwa tom first what did you make of this this opening and your first foray into the world of the universal wrestling federation but my first thing was like i was like i don't actually know what <laughs> uwf is only the fact that it's called universal wrestling federation i had no idea who was in it um what to expect from it so i was a little bit surprised to see jim ross and magnum t because i associate them with crockett like yeah. you kind of just said so it was a bit of a bit of a surprise I mean, I got to give a shot. Me to answer that for you, Tom. Yeah, have you please, done your own research? No, okay. no, no. Come on. No, I'll answer. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so mid, so basically, Mid South Wrestling was built was owned by Bill Watts in the start towards the beginning of 1986. Bill Watts decided to try and take the company national. Obviously, Crockett had gone national with TBS and WF had gone national before. Um, so they changed the name of Mid South Wrestling to the Universal Wrestling Federation. But in what March, April '87, Crockett bought them out. So right. for, for the for a period from that time to now to, to sometime around this, the UWF kind of was run sort of standalone, but some NWA or Crockett people would come across. But now, and the, one of the key things as to why Crockett kept the television going is because they had syndication in New York, which Crockett didn't have. So they could get NWA stars on television in New York, but Crockett didn't have that. Um, that so answers, that's, that answers a question. That New York bit specifically answers a question that I had earlier, like later on in the show. That okay. I got very confused by as is well. that well we cannot we can get to that as and when we yeah. when we when we get there but that yeah that's that's the setting now so as i said this is a complete format change um alex what did you make of this your your first foray into the former bill watts promotion yeah uh very peculiar i don't know mm. it's just because i've been conditioned with regards to what a wrestling show is now um but it, it felt like grandstand 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, yeah, bizarre, bizarre. And, I mean, Jim Ross with his Lego hair. Oh. Uh, unbelievable. But, yeah, it, it's, I mean, like, I'm the same. I, I didn't have a clue what I was getting myself into. Didn't know who was on the show or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I did find it a bit peculiar, I must admit. Um, not what I'm used to in wrestling shows, but, I mean, I haven't seen anything like this before. So, I, 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 sorry, go on, sorry, go on. I thought about the the um the Missy Hyatt intro at the beginning. I thought it was very windy where she was, mm. and I thought that was a poor choice. They could have done it somewhere a bit more sheltered because she's just talking; you can barely hear her. Now, admittedly, the sound quality is bad because this is obviously like ripped off a videotape that was recorded in 1987, yeah. which has its own incredible charm, which I'm sure we'll discuss later. Um, but I just thought it was really funny, and the and the I don't know if you guys may have discussed this in the previous episode, but the bass at the beginning, <laughs> I think it's just like it was it's amazing, Seinfeld esque. It was not what I was expecting at all either. That's the original Mid South music as well. So that's that's oh. that music remains from the back in the back in the day. Though not on the WWE Network, unfortunately. I, oh. I don't know. Don't know why. Um, Sam, any thoughts on this format change? Obviously, you you saw last week, so you know, it's probably quite jarring, I'd imagine, to go from that to this. Yeah, so you've got JR. I wrote down Lego hair, exactly mm. as Alex <laughs> said. Can I ask a question for the panel, and you can all guess, how old was Jim Ross oh. at, at, at the time of this uh, this recording? He, he, he's, an old, go... he's an old soul, isn't he? Mm. Jim Ross. I'm going to go 27. Ooh, 32 from Alex, 27 from you me. Know, I was going to go about 29, but I thought he, he, he got a little bit... He, Looks older than twenty-nine, so thirty-two. We've got thirty-two. Thirty-two. That's, that's, but that's um, the point. But I think if you look at him, he's very baby-faced. I reckon he's twenty-four. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not twenty-four, is he? <laughs> he's, he's got a haircut like a twelve-year-old boy. So he looks. Like, he's got a haircut like fucking Augustus Gloop oh in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. When did Lego come out? No, he's th- I don't know. Le- Lego was a long time before. He's thirty-five. I thought you'd you'd be like, oh yeah, like thirty-seven or something. Thirty-five. So he's not. He's not twenty-four. No, no. no. It's a shame. Um, can I make a quick comment on Magnum TA? No, and this isn't this isn't going to be about his hair and his moustache, which I'm sure everyone's done to death because it is magnificent. However, he's got a weird, really weird posture at the mm. desk. He's got uh, a lean forward, and I know he's been. I know he's injured, but it <laughs> yeah. looks like he's trying to stifle a burp. Okay, fine, 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 fine. That can that can stay in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was worried where you're going there, Tom. Oh no, no. Or you put a disclaimer at the start of the show, so I'm worried. We do. I don't. Please don't make me have to edit anything, gents. That's my main. There's <laughs> a Scottish. I'm, I've got the thing. There's a Scottish fan crying during Flower of Scotland. So like, pull, pull yourself together, or you're about to get thumped three 0 in your backyard. <laughs> um, I do you remember the last game we had against them? That no, no, Borathon in the Euros. Oh yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. We still got to the final, didn't we? And they were knocked out humiliatingly. <laughs> um, right. Where? Oh, sorry, Sam. Anything more? Anything more to add on the format change before we, before we move on? Um, T T A. I've written T A every time, so I could be bothered to write Magnum. Um, yeah. So Magnum T A. Not the most charismatic at the start. Yeah, we'll see if he improves. Um, I agree with Missy Hyatt. It was very windy there. Couldn't really hear what she said, but she loves this, doesn't she? She, she does. Doing yeah. an intro outside, and I don't think that it was nature's wind. I think it was her wind. <laughs> I think that's what it was. So that's basically what I've got to say about that. I'm going back to England and Scotland. <laughs> yep. So they're they're playing tonight. 
150 years since the first time they played. Yep. Who gives a flying fuck? But like, honestly, apart from Stephen <laughs> and 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 the sad cunts who paid to go, who gives a fuck? Well, do you know what? I didn't. I I I could have applied. So I'm part of the England Supporters Club actually. So I could have applied right. for. But I've got a golf thing tomorrow, so I didn't apply. Um, I'm not mm. sure I'd have had enough caps to go. I'm sure. I'm sure I wouldn't have done. So yeah, I I am one of those people that does care, unfortunately. Because there's nothing that you want in life more than beating Scotland at any form of sport. Um, no offence to any Scottish people that are listening. Actually, be a fan. That's okay. Braveheart, William Wallace, also. Billy Connolly's just turned up, apparently. Yeah, what a bit of shit uh, cinema that was. All right, moving on. Um, uh, Tony Schiavone was on commentary with David Crockett. Um, we didn't seem to get a bell to start this match. And Teddy Long was a referee. Did you all spot that? I'm sure you did. Yeah. Yeah. It, took me a while. it took me a while i did write um the referee's taking no shit here and then i thought hang on is that teddy long <laughs> With a, yeah did, did he have some sort of what's it called is it a scully is that what it's yeah. called yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's amazing i wrote it in capital letters actually is that teddy long question, uh, question he, he looks so old so much older yeah. than he does now it's really weird he looks like like the the ugly guy from like a like an R and B band of like the fifties, like you imagine he was like <laughs> the guy from who did the talking bits and the Temptation songs in the background, who just stands in the corner chain smoking all day. Um, I actually thought this match was pretty decent, especially when Koloff was on offense. Albeit his sickle jumping clothesline left a little bit little bit to be desired. Alex, what do you think of the opener? Uh, do you know what? I I quite enjoyed it actually. I thought it was decent as well. Um. Not many notes. I loved the raising of the head when he was being pinned. Um, well, it was like pin attempts and he was like lifting his head up. So he was kind of going vertical, if you remember that bit. I, I watched this about four weeks ago, out. so I remember I none of not, it. I can't describe <laughs> that well at all. But I've never seen that before. I've never seen any, I've never seen it before. Um, but the only thing with that was I didn't like the holding of the tights. Um, mm. I just think it should be protected that. And it was like he was holding the tights, but still getting out of it. So, um, but yeah, I thought it was. I, I thought it was. A, I thought it was decent. I thought with the start that took me by surprise a little bit with how it was laid out. I didn't think I was going to have much fun watching this. And then that little match happened. I thought it was pretty decent, actually. <laughs> pretty decent. Uh, good, Tom. What do you think? Yeah, I thought this was all right. I mean, it's not long enough to really be able to get really in depth on it, but no, and that's the kind of these matches, really. Yeah, yeah, but kind of like what what Alex said then. Like there are bits of I, I've only seen like the bits of it that I thought were really good, subtle bits in the match. Like he's a real like bully as Koloff, and he's there's bits where he like he like does like a knee drop on onto uh, onto Rocky King and like grinds his knee into his face and drags his face across the mat. And really kind of asserts the fact that he is the dominant heel and he's working just within the rules and doing what he can to to gain the advantage. The kickouts after the after the holding the tights repeatedly was a bit was a bit a bit daft. One thing I did find quite confusing though is that I there's a bloke on the outside mm. and it's not ever acknowledged who is he, the, the guy on the outside also like kicks Rocky King about a little bit as well. But at no point has it said who it is and coming, you, you said this to, to us months ago when you mentioned about doing this, Steve, you said, go on to, uh, go on to uh, imagining it as if you've just turned the channel. Yeah. yeah and yeah. with that in mind, if I'm coming to this fresh, which I was to be fair, I didn't know who that was and what the point in that, bit was of then to sort of he's a heel manager but it didn't really kind of show to say who it was or why he was with him or why he kicked him or anything like that that was the only criticism i'd have the match yeah no i i I completely understand that um sam anything to add on this uh lovely swinging neck breaker by big Mm. ivan 
love a swinging net breaker. I also did not like the multiple pin things because he was holding the tights. And it looked, I thought, for a, for about 30, 40 seconds afterwards, I don't think this guy was meant to be doing that. I don't think he was meant to do it as many times as he did Ooh. because I think Ivan got a bit fucked off. And then uh, there was a little bit where I think he was meant to come out of the corner so that Big Rocky could give him a back body drop, and he doesn't. And they then do it off the ropes again. And I was like, oh, I reckon they're fucking with each other here. And I reckon they have big heat backstage, but they made up in the showers. I wonder whether... Um, what's the guy? What was it called? Uh, Rocky King? Oh, you were Rocky King was a long lost relative of the Young Bucks or Jack Perry, basically like going off or Hangman Page, just got going off script and just generally being a bit of an arsehole potentially. I mean, I mean, in fairness, it would have to be quite a long lost relative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be. <laughs> I just remembered who Rocky King is. Um, yeah. Right, moving on, swiftly moving on. Akbar was shown next in the studio. He said he could buy anyone and that it was just a matter of time until he takes the UWF title from Steve Williams. Ross said to Magnum that he thought Williams was more of a man, more of a man for any challenge. That doesn't make any sense. Magnum agreed. Ross said Black Bart couldn't join them in the studio. So we cut to another Akbar promo, this time at ringside with Bart. Akbar said he had something for the USA, but he couldn't say it on TV. He warned Williams again. Black Bart and the Terminator were after Williams, and he was going to get it where the sun don't shine. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah that's, you are. That's quite a dark threat if it's going to be taken literally. <laughs> um, Black Bart screamed in a grating manner, saying he wanted him anywhere, anytime, and he was going to put him in hospital, and he didn't think he could eat steel. Tom, thoughts on this? I don't know why my, I went through reverse puberty when I asked that question. <laughs> Tom, uh, Tom thoughts um, on this whole thing? <laughs> um, for a start, I, I believe uh, General Skandar Akbar has recently passed away, hasn't he? Uh, passed. Well, I'll look that um, up while you carry I on. I think he may have. Oh no, it. Uh, it wasn't. It was. Um, it was the guy. Uh, uh, that was uh, the guy who played General Adnan, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's Sorry. it. Yeah. I knew I knew it was in there. Anyway, I may he, now, mate. anyway, may he rest in peace. I'm sure he's a good man. Sorry, um, old Tom. Um, Got rid of that out. I don't okay. think you wish. I don't think your wish of uh, having this unedited is going. No, to I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. Skandar Akbar passed away in August 2010. Just to let everyone know. Yeah, recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, he's got uh General Skandar Akbar has got a lovely headdress on. It's absolutely beautiful. I can't remember if this is the gold one or the purple one, but in the next segment he's got the reverse of what he's got on there and it is absolutely glorious. Um yeah, the getting it with the sun don't shine is a is an interesting uh turn of phrase <laughs> to use. Um but yeah, the, you're right. The black bar screaming is is very grating. And what you said then about betting that Steve Williams can't eat steel is not it's not a massive like stunt, is it? It's not a no. great show, is it? I can't imagine many people can. No, absolutely not. Uh, Alex, uh, my favorite line was, "Can you digest me, big boy?" That was my favorite line. What an absolute <laughs> class! Unbelievable. Um, Wait, yeah, quite, not I, God. I, I, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, it made me laugh. It was a cracker. Um, yeah, and then going on about combinations, he lost me then. So I, you got the can you digest me, big boy. I was all in in it. And then he was waffling on about combinations, lost me. Uh, and then, yeah, I've got about the shouting as well. I, I'm quite uh, grateful that promos don't have um, a lot of shouting in now because, uh, yeah, very, very great. Yeah, jarring. Uh, Sam, anything to add? 
Um, to be honest, I so Akbar's having a chat, and I'm like, well, he's, he's whipping through this, and then I was remembering Magnum TA talking earlier, and I was like, why does no one take a breath? Everyone just kind of like tries to talk themselves out. Mm. And then they're like, and then they start talking again. And I was like, just have a breath, lads. <laughs> have a breath. Um, Magnum TA basically repeats what JR says at one point, which I thought was good. Um, in terms of eating still, I quite like the threat because I'm guessing he's either on about rain steps or the ropes. I never thought of it until the way you put it then, Tommy, where it's like, it's not much of a bet, is it? And I was like, oh. <laughs> I uh, bet you yeah. can't fly somewhere. Yeah. yeah I can't. Yeah, I absolutely can't. <laughs> um, on the contrary to all of you guys, I really liked Blackbirds promo. Okay. Because it was different. It wasn't someone basically puffing themselves out by saying too many words in a, in a row and not stopping to think and then just carrying on and carrying on and carrying on. This guy was screaming and doing that, so it made more sense. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I wish I, I, I wish I could say I remembered it, Sam. Other than what I've got in my notes, so well, yeah, basically, it's, really... it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's that. Go, said... go back to what you... Sorry, Sorry. Tom. Go back to what you said just then, old man, about um, everyone talking themselves out of breath. Bear in mind that Magnum TA is holding him constant burps, that's <laughs> so fair. that's probably why he's struggling. <laughs> Right, moving on. Dusty Rhodes' vignette in the break, which I've seen before. I think you've seen this one as well, Sam. But uh, Tom or Alex, have you got anything to add on Dusty before we uh, move on to something far more special? Didn't realise it was a vignette. I was like, hello, he's coming down to the ring. He's having a lovely reaction. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's actually it's actually a compilation of him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same as well. I didn't think it was a vignette. And I've just put the music is nowhere near as good as American Dream. One of the all-time classic songs uh, so, yeah, uh, nowhere near as good. But, yeah, that's it. So now, when I saw the running time of this video, I knew that you were all in for something very special because 57 minutes and 35 seconds, what did it mean? It meant some original 1987 American TV adverts had been le left in. First up, sculptured nails, affordable and easy and like nothing you've used before, like salon nails, but affordable. Then three musketeers at a party leering at some women and also eating a chocolate bar. Not just any bar, a musketeer bar. Then an advert for War Games and the Bash 1987 on VHS or Betamax. Two hours of action for $30. What do you reckon $30 is with inflation now today? Give me, give me a guess. I'm, I'm going to go about 90. All right. 90. Alex? Um, 110. Sam? It's going to go 110, so I'll go 111. It's 80. It's 80. So you've all, you've all oh, overdone it, off. like you did with Jim Ross What's the well. bleeding point? I know, $80 for a bloody bit of VHS. <laughs> uh, right. What, what a delicious set of adverts. Sam, what did you think of these? Uh, what did you think? Will you be signing up for some sculptured nails? Well, always. To be fair, my nails are pretty good, actually. Not bad. But they could do with a bit of sculpturing. The Three Musketeers, then. <laughs> the second rule... When they are obviously trying to pick up women, is never look hungry. <laughs> and the third rule is don't be afraid to change the rules if the first two don't work. And I thought it was lovely. And also the fact that I did enjoy the fact that the women give them no pay them no attention <laughs> at all. 
I quite like that because they don't get into any awkward spots. And I thought we topped out at this point, to be honest, with the three musketeers. <laughs> but, uh, but then we get some uh, better later on in the show. But <laughs> well, they're, they're wonderful. <laughs> Tom God. So, well, it's just a great advert. Maybe they're all like fucking turned off by these three creep, creepy Leary guys because they're covered in chocolate, I guess, maybe. <laughs> but um, it was amazing. But like you said, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, old man. I was like, ooh. This is this is going to be tough to beat. <laughs> I can't wait. I honestly, as soon as I saw what pops this one, I, I couldn't wait to talk about it. <laughs> I can't. Wait. I don't even know because I haven't read a file in my in my notes. So I've looked forward to rediscovering that. Uh, Alex, any thoughts on these adverts? Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to go back to the nails one if if you don't mind. <laughs> You're absolutely um, welcome to. So um, I live in a house with three females: the Mrs. Joanna. Uh, and her daughters, Bethany, who's 13, and Emily, who's 11. And uh, obviously, Bethany's a teenager. Emily's just started high school. They love a bit of skincare routine. They're all into the beauty and in the, in the nails and all that stuff. And Joanna does her own nails. So I showed them the advert and asked them Brilliant. some questions about it. So I've got their <laughs> reviews, if you don't mind. Oh, is that excellent? So good, so good. Emily, Emily went first. This is Emily, who's 11. She would buy them. She said okay. that they, they're cheap and can be done at home and they appear long-lasting. She enjoyed the advert and give it 8.5 out of 10. Amazing. And we are allowed 0.5 marks on uh, on Pro Wrestling Moments, unlike the Random Wrestling Review. <laughs> right, okay, okay. So Bethany, who's 13, she wouldn't buy them. Uh, didn't do anything to show if they stayed on or not. <clears throat> Couldn't really see what they were like. Didn't like the advert. Annoying voice in the background. <laughs> <laughs> what is the whole thing about the hands? Um, just show your arms. It's no big deal. One <laughs> out of ten for the advert. Okay. And Joanna, who went next, said, no, she won't buy them. They won't last two seconds. A waste of money. Very old-fashioned advert. Give it a four out of ten. Very old-fashioned advert. It is 36 well, years old. Uh, I know, I know. But Emily then quit. It's because I know fashion and you two don't. Well done, Emily. Well done. So yeah, so that that was their review of the Lee Sculpture Nailed Adverts. It's like a bit of a podcast with a podcast up for you. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. I love it. I love it. What Lee's sculptured nails, isn't it? Or is it's it the, Lee's? It's the com- Lee's, yeah. Lee, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just it was tremendous. Like the, I'll just say I've obviously never seen well, we none of us presumably have ever seen any of these adverts before, but immediately it just took me back. Oh, I was like, this yeah, is amazing. Yeah. This is amazing, yeah. especially some of the other ones later on as well. Hang Beautiful on. stuff. Anyway, so what? It took you back to the days when you used to buy Lee's nails. Now, <laughs> sculpted nails. We, we all know I had a pretty traumatic upbringing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> False nails put on me all the time. <laughs> right, back from break. Ross talked about one of the hottest feuds in wrestling, Dusty Rhodes and Lex Luger. And this thing was boiling over. They cut to a match with Dusty Rhodes and Colt Steel. Again, an NWA ring. Uh, Johnny Weaver was at ringside, which is a name I wasn't familiar with. Um, Rhodes made short work of this winning by a sleeper while I was looking up Johnny Weaver, who had been a star in Florida and Mid-Atlantic. Weaver interviewed Rhodes and said the sleeper was working great. He said the US title was the one he hadn't held. Rhodes said it was dangerous, dangerous. It was a dangerous, dangerous hold. And Weaver had won many titles with it. And he talked about Luger going Betty by when Dusty had him in the sleeper. He said Luger knew he was a legend and he had to try and beat him when he was going to sleep and thinking about his good looks. Do people do that? That you know, Lex I, Luger... I quite often, I quite often, yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, trying to say, oh, so I, 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 you know what? We've got someone on the podcast that probably does think it does do that. 
Uh, just <laughs> I'm so good looking, and you you absolutely your right, Alex, as well. Um, where are we? Uh, he didn't realise that in Dustin... He's distracted by your sexiness. I know, I know. He's lost his way. I'm too aroused. Uh, he didn't realise that in Dusty's chest was the heart of a lion. He called himself the heartbeat of America and, and the American dream. He said the four horse from the Midnight Express. Now you have to deal with the weaver lock. Yes, he was renaming the sleeper. Uh, Dusty was Dusty here. I, I think good, but I, I'm not sure I'm a massive fan, which is a little bit of sacrilege, probably. Um, Tom, why don't you go first? What do you think of this? Well, so beginning this, isn't there a match with someone called Colt Steel before? Yeah, there's a there's a there's a match in there that Dusty wins quickly, <laughs> which I've said almost nothing about. Well, yeah, because I I wrote Dusty is over, and then it had finished before I'd finished writing Dusty is over. Mm. Um, so that was so Dusty the Booker booked himself a short match. Kelsey yeah, Bruce. I know. I said, oh God, I could really do with a night off, but I got mm. I got to get that. I've got to get that adulation. But he, he also, for some reason, hits Colt Steel after the bell for no reason, like a prick. Yeah. It's like, come on, Dusty, you're better than Terrible that. Terrible heel. Uh, right, so I thought that at first, but do you know what I think it is? I think it's to wake him up from the sleeper. Oh, I see. Yeah. I think, and do you know what? Because at first I thought, is he a heel? And then I thought, no, I think he's done it to wake him up. And I thought, I really like that, actually. I mm. really liked it. No, to, to be I, honest, might be wrong, I might be wrong, maybe he was just being a dick, but I mean, when, when I'm asleep, my wife quite often punches me in the face to make me wake <laughs> up. So, you know, that's definitely a baby face, face, baby yeah. face move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, not, not, there's not, not much more than what you said, actually. You basically covered everything, but the, the bit that I was like, oh, the, the being called the Weaver Lock obviously hasn't caught on. No, <laughs> so I've never no. heard of this lad before at all. Um, but no, it was pretty good. And like you said, this Dusty being Dusty is, is interesting watching. It's interesting watching a lot of these people um, before they've come to WWF. That's mm. obviously where I know them from. And mainly, obviously with Dusty Rhodes, it's slightly different. But like, it's just interesting watching them. And like, it, he's still probably not, he's still probably past his best, Dusty, at this oh, point. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But but it's still interesting watching him pre-Poker Dots and hearing the crowd's reaction to him yeah. still being really, really hot. And that that I quite enjoyed. Uh, Alex, anything more on this? No, not really. I mean, I this. <laughs> All right, fucking move yeah. on. Come on, we'll then. <laughs> no, this match finished before I finished writing Dusty Rhodes versus Colt Steel. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's and then I just thought, well, that was a match because there's nothing much else to say. No, it um, is a bit difficult to do 150 words on a match that was about five seconds, isn't it? Basically, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, no, uh, yeah, no, that's it. Nothing Sam, else. Sam, anything happen. before we move on? You know, what I do actually. Go ahead. So I so what you need to do, lads, is you need to master the art of writing so fast you can't read your writing, <laughs> and then you have to go and re, re, rewrite it. So Dusty hits his little punches, and they're lovely. They're cracking little punches, and he whips old uh, Steely into the ropes, and then locks in that sleeper, like probably like almost clotheslines him into it, which I did very much enjoy. Mm. And I actually thought the promo was really good. Hmm. Because it put over the hold, he does put over fucking Weaver, whoever he is, fucking fucking n- 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 Nicky Weaver. Nicky Weaver. I knew you were gonna tell. What? I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I had something. Yeah. Like, I was really thinking you're about to say Nicky Weaver there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he, he like he puts him over a bit hard to be honest. But I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good because he he's putting over the sleeper, isn't he? Like it's kind of like right. So it's a focus. For the match, I mean, I'll be honest. 
I did think afterwards, my willingness to watch a match purely based around a sleeper hold is probably quite low in things I want to do behind. Yeah. yeah. Dusty versus Luger as well. Yeah. Yeah. On Colt Steel, um, Mm. any word if he's related to Lexington? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say yes. Uh, Right. Are we ready for more adverts? No, no. Hang yeah. on, hang on. We oh, do, sorry, go. sorry. Can't we go, go, go back, go back. No, I was just going to say, we don't say yes. We go... <laughs> <laughs> oh, England, we're right through on goal then, and someone's just... Bla- Foden's blazed over the bar. I thought that was going to be 1-0 on air. Uh, right, next up, an advert What on Advert Watch. A solid gold Saturday night. The rock and roll era, 1958. 22 solid gold hits from the rock and roll era. Digitally remastered. And after you've purchased 1958, you can au- you can audition other... Oh, yeah, you can. You can audition other albums <laughs> from different eras. Lucky you. You can even get it on compact disc. Next up, <laughs> Blair Dealers. Drugs. No, cosmetics. Almost certainly brutally tested on animals. Make friends and sell makeup. Have a lovely time and get rich quick. Oh, and they will send you a pendant. Alex, what do you think of these adverts? Uh, well, just before I tell you about these adverts, I thought I might try something out, actually. Because we've just been talking about the nail podcast with a podcast, <clears throat> and Emily has just come downstairs, and I wonder if she'd like to just join us and tell us about the uh, the nails. Go for it, yeah. Come on, Emily. Unplug this. <laughs> Keep talking, because I'm not editing a single thing. Right, so this is Emily. <laughs> Hello, Emily. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Emily. It was good. I really liked it. And yeah, good. <laughs> We've got more fashion sense than your mum and Bethany. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I don't think we can travel back in time to 1987 and get you any of these sculptured nails, but I'm sure there's an equivalent on Amazon available. Yeah. 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 Right then. Right, say bye. <laughs> bye. 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 What, a, what a wholesome moment in a thoroughly yeah. unwholesome podcast that this is. But mm. very nice, Alex. Very oh. nice. Yeah, she just come in, not being nosy, so I thought I'd get her on. <laughs> um, yeah, so the time... <laughs> The Time Life music. I remember the Time Life music. Mm. Yeah. I remember that yeah, mm. they used to do a lot of like compilations and 20 disc sets on certain kind of stuff. Uh, Blair Dealers must be like Avon. Um, I actually Googled Blair Dealers to see if they were still going and I found something, some American <laughs> uh, site that sold tools and uh, power tools and stuff like that. So I don't think it's, I, I don't, mm. I think that's completely different. Uh, but yeah, just yeah, I, I did enjoy watching the adverts. They were pretty mm. cool, weren't they? Tom, cool. I so I looked at this. So it's it's fourteen ninety five for LPs and cassettes, or sixteen ninety five for CD. Presuming that's because of the uh, the new technology that Hulk Hogan was talking about later <laughs> on in nineteen ninety one. I think it is. Um, going back to what you said, Alex, I loved I loved those adverts. It's one of those one of those box sets. They the super hits of the seventies that gave me. An irrational teenage love for Doctor Hook, um, which still lives strong to this day, um, which is which mm-hmm. is a treat. Um, in terms of songs on the album, I think my favourite would probably be Splish Splash. I was taken a bath by Bobby Darren. That's probably yes. my, my go-to. I'm not sure 1958 was a, was a particularly good year for music, was it? I don't think about the golden fifties particularly. I mean, I think you're more of a music fan than me, though, Tom. So. Yeah, I think there probably is some good that some of that good old rock and roll stuff knocking back. So I think it starts off with Johnny Be Good as well. Yeah, so, fair, which fair. is and obviously an absolute heat rock from nineteen fifty eight. Not as good as Johnny Be Bad. Um, Sam, thoughts on these adverts before we move on? 
Um, I thought the CD was actually a decent price, to be fair, for 22 tracks at this time. I thought, <laughs> I th- I thought not bad. Not bad. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Um, in terms of Blair Dealer, I cannot believe no one has mentioned the man who I'm assuming <laughs> is Steve Blair or something. His side part in, <laughs> I mean, it's so neat. It reminds me of Rob Keane, who we went to school with. He used to have, <laughs> a, side... man. <laughs> he used to have a crack inside part, and he is, I hope he's listening, because he is one of the most wonderful people I think I've ever met, and he had a lovely side part, and I was still mates with him. So you can argue, right? Lovely. Probably side parting in a time where people didn't have side partings at all. Yeah. We're talking yeah, about be... 95 through 2000, where side partings <laughs> yeah. weren't a thing. It was kind of the, it was, it was the curtains and then French crop era, wasn't it? Oh, I'm not sure where it changed over. Probably 98, maybe French yeah. crop. Yeah, the, the curtains never worked for me. No. Never worked for me. I, I could never quite it. get it in the middle, really. It was a no. bad, bad I, I really wanted curtains, but my hair's dead wavy, so it just kind of like, <laughs> grew <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> like, buddy, one Bowser's, what's that little Bowser with his hair like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Iggy, um, Iggy. <laughs> I have a question, actually, whilst we've said French, whatever it was. These, I, I didn't know what I meant in hair. Yeah, that, okay. You yeah. Know, didn't have a clue. Um. Do you guys know what a French envelope is? <laughs> oh God, here we go. No, I no. don't know. So apparently, it's an it's another word for a condom. <laughs> oh, fine. oh, French letter, French letter. I've had a French letter. Uh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. bloody. Oh, I don't know whether I'm being mugged off by by my good lady or not. Now, confused. I, I've heard French. French French letters definitely a thing. I'm, I've never heard mm. a French envelope though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do they just mm. use paper over there? <laughs> yeah, no, not great. Yeah. It is a nightmare just trying to have a sneaky one. Excuse me. Hey, Bob, are you wanking in there? No, no. There's a bloody ream of A4 outside the door, you dirty cunt. <laughs> it definitely doesn't stop STIs or pregnancy and also may chop your foreskin off with the paper cut as well. Yeah, I, really um, I can't imagine having a paper cut on my foreskin. No, oh, God, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be great. God. Right, back to more wholesome things. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Ross and Magnum. We're going to have a look at Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, who are in prime position challenge for the tag titles against the Rock and Roll Express. We've got UWF tag team champions. What happened to them? Why are we talking about the NWA tag team titles? I'm irrationally annoyed by this. And it's Arn and Tully versus Denny Brown and the Italian Stallion next. Uh, This is a pure showcase for Arn and Tully with quick tags, hard-hitting moves, and I particularly enjoyed Arn's rapid-fire knee drops. Uh, Tully won in four minutes with a slingshot clothesline. Uh, Tom, why don't you go first on this? I'm really impressed with the speed of Iron and Tully. Do you know what I mean? Like, really, like, showed there was a, like a real level of urgency to it, which I thought was really good. And they're working on the Italian stallion's leg quite a lot as well. Um, in regards to the Italian stallion, someone I've never heard of before. It's love the fact that he's just got white trunks with just Italian written on the back. <laughs> it's just no, incredible. no, no. It doesn't say Italy. Italian. It says Italy. Yeah. Italy. Yeah. It's like, it's like but they should be the very least blue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on, what's wrong with you? I don't really think he is Italian. But yeah, the fact that like the quick tag and the speed's really good. And I really, really liked. And I guess it's something that obviously we've seen like a bit more now than we would back then. But the kind of slingshot suplex by uh Tully Banchard that he hits on um I think it's on the Italian stallion, which I just thought really was really good because I think it added some real like impact to to the suplex. Um but overall this was good and 
the reality is with these like quick TV matches, yeah, there's not loads to, talk, to write at home about or to talk about, but they completely serve a purpose in making yeah. the person who wins look good. And if I'm being honest, this is exactly what I want from watching wrestling on TV. I don't need a 10 minute, 15 minute match no. on, on TV. This perfectly kind of got over the kind of dominant way that Arn and Tully work, the, the smart, how, how much of a smart tag team they are. Um, and they did it all in like three minutes. And that was perfect for me. You know what's really been lost, and we all grew up on it, is the hour wrestling show. So the yeah. hour wrestling show is such a powerful thing; it flies by. And you're an hour. I'm sure we're all the same. When we were kids, and you got to the end of WF Superstars or whatever on a Saturday or a Sunday, you wanted more. But mm. with with AEW and Raw, I mean, I crikey, I haven't watched a three hour Raw regularly for years and years and years. But you're you're even if you enjoy the first hour of that, you're flagging towards the end. But I, yeah. it's in in, a, in an environment where TV money means everything. I don't think we're ever going back to that. Um, that was that was part of what made NXT so refreshing. Yeah, it was, was on the network. Yeah. It was the yeah. fact that it was an hour long. I used to watch it every week for for quite a long period, and it was it was great. And yeah, I just don't. I don't yeah, like you're right. It's, it's all about money, isn't it? It's not about the quality of the show. But no. and I love I love the fact again we probably cover this during the wrap up. But this felt like a, like you said, uh, uh, Rockstar. So it felt like a um like a grandstand or something. Like that. It felt like a highlight show. Like this is what you need to know. Yeah, that's what you need to know going into next week and then the big show. And I thought that was really good. And you're right, that is missed these days. Uh, Alex, thoughts on uh, Arn and Tully here? Yeah, so we'll play um, Guess the Age, Arn Anderson. Oh, okay. I don't know if you know, Stephen. No, I don't know. Uh, well, so, uh, I'm going to go, what's well, this, 87? I'm going to go 29. Sam? I'll go 28. I'll go 30. <laughs> <laughs> One of you's got it bang on. Uh, 29 years old. Yes. Yeah, I knew 29 years yeah. old. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. The, yeah. Is that the anti-Earth? Uh, not Earth, <laughs> really. Yeah, it is the anti-Earth, mate, isn't it? What was saying? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, forget it. Um, He's the same as Earthquake. Quite always a cold as well. Yeah, same as Earthquake. Yeah, twenty nine. You want to yeah. get the end around it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It pretty much exactly the same what Tom said. Um, really hard hitting stuff. Lots of stiff shots, but I really, really enjoyed it. The only thing uh, I did think it was a bit weird that the it just seemed to be the Italian stallion pretty much ninety percent of the match. The the Denny, is it Denny Brown? Yeah. I'm right in there. Denny Brown didn't really get a look in. And I just thought it ended really quickly. I just thought it was, that was quite bizarre. Um, I'd, have, I'd have loved for it to carry on a bit more and have a bit, you know, a, a better ending. But yeah, really, really, God, some of the shots were really, really stiff. And then, and I'm the same. With regards to Arne Anderson and Tully Blanchard, you know, in the WWF days, I wasn't, um, you know, a big fan. It weren't, you know... I didn't think they were particularly that good, but I didn't know that they could move this quick and then yeah. they saw so hard hitting. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Really enjoyed it. Apart from the ending, it just let me down a bit. Yeah. Um, Sam, any, anything to add on this? Uh, Tully and Arn versus Denny Brown and the legend Italian Stallion. Um, I thought the match was fine. I thought old TA came into his own here because I thought he broke down the tag team situation very nicely in terms mm. of who's a threat. What their threat is, I thought it was very good. Well done, TA. Yeah, well done. Is he um, still alive? Yes. Yeah, very Excellent much. Excellent so. news. Yeah. Is he still holding in burps? Uh, probably. Yeah. You've got to get it out, Magnum. It's, it's better out than in. Um, at ringside, we got a promo from the Jive Tones. This was Shaska Watley in a new tag team. He said he wanted everyone to understand that they should be champions. It was a conspiracy and collusion as to why they weren't referring to the Lightning Express. 
again, so confusing. Why are we talking about two sets of tag team champions? I didn't think this was great. And uh, fortunately, it was cut off early by more adverts. <laughs> um, before we move on, Tom, you've got your hand up. Why don't you go first? I may have jumped the gun, but I'm begging for you to let me talk about the advert after this. <laughs> well, you will be able to shortly, but yeah, I will recap so, it first. <laughs> I, 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 wrote, I watched it about about six times and wrote the entire script out and the dialogue. Alex and Sam, anything to add on this before we go on to the, the adverts? Oh, I'm, I'm begging for you to let Tom talk about the advert. <laughs> do you want to just do it, Tom? You just yeah. do it. You just, you just go. I'm tagging here. out. I'm tagging out. I've got... Yeah, go on, Tom. Set the, screen, set the scene. Woman comes down some stairs wearing some rather fetching uh, athletic gear. Think of, I don't know, Olivia Newton-John and the Let's Get Physical music video, which I'm sure this must have been inspired by. Knocks on the door. Hey, I've got to get ready for this party too, you know. Voice from behind the door. Uh, I don't know if I'm going. Is something wrong? I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind, I'm kind of sick. Diarrhea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I've got something in the medicine cabinet quick uh, like cut away to uh, Pepto-Bismol feeling better the woman says to the man let's party the guy says creepiest I've ever seen and then it says at the end of it Pepto-Bismol the one that coats is the only thing you'll need <laughs> I, I, was, I was dying watching this advert I love the way she says hmm Diarrhea makes it sound like it's something that happens all the time. It's a regular occurrence. <laughs> He's had a hot curry again. He can't take it. He knows he should be just sticking to. He's yeah. It was yeah. This is this is incredible. Actually, uh, before I move on to the second advert, anything anything else to add on the guy who got stuck in the toilet with the shits until his wife came along? Um, I find it weird that she's like, "Are you ready?" And he's like, "Or oh, like whatever he said." Um. They're halfway out the door, out the front door. It should have been her opening the bathroom and going, you're ready, and then passing out. Yeah. The oh, not again. Atrocious not again. diarrhea. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> feeling better. Well, of course I'm feeling better. I'm wearing a fucking three-piece swimsuit. <laughs> Come back and put this on to shit myself to death for the rest of the evening, have I? Oh, my God. Alex, anything to add on uh, Pepto-Bismol? No, I'm... <laughs> I had to mute then because I'm just dying as much as I was. When it was. Oh, I think that might be 1-0. I think it might be Phil Foden 1-0. As predicted, unlucky Scotland. Uh, now, we also got another ad. We've got another, uh, another um, advert in this. <laughs> Mayday. Unlucky Scotland. <laughs> Mayday, Mayday. I'm being attacked by Zit. Look out, Zit uh-huh. at 5 o'clock. Another Zit dead ahead. <laughs> Oxy 10, we're winning the war against Zits. And then we've got another bash advert. I think it's on side. Looks on side to me. Let's just have a look at look. Yeah, it's on side. Unlucky Scotland. Uh, anything to <laughs> add on this? Alex, you go first. There is one note that I've got on this advert, and that is he needs a smack in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, honest to God, he was annoying. Really annoying, <laughs> that kid. Um, and then when the zits just like in a dark turn, when the, when, you know, when the zits just disappeared, I'm like, it doesn't work like that. We mm. all had oxy duo pads or whatever they were called. They were crap, rub, weren't they? Duo you rubbed pads, it around your face, yeah. and then you still went to school the next day with zits on you. It's yeah. just life. You just put up with it. You Did anyone pop- suffer particularly badly with spots on the on the on the pod? Not, not massively, really, although not I still massive. get them more regularly than I'd want to as a man who's rapidly approaching forty. Yeah, mm. Sam. 
Um, my thing was I would get large spots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like I'd get like one and it would be big enough to like get three or four jobs on the weekend and still do all <laughs> their schoolwork. Like, yeah, it was pretty tough. But I actually, I've got to be honest, I thought this advert was pretty bloody good. Fair, fair enough. Do any of you wear yeah. chains? No. No? Is that, a th- is, do people wear chains now? Is that a, just a thing that we used to do? Did you used to wear chains as teenagers? Yeah, yeah, used no. to, yeah. I used to wear a chain as a teenager, See, and then I've got, got to like the rope one with a cross yeah. on the front, like gothic. <laughs> Amazing. So that I was last theory, week. That. I used to wear a chain, and I remember I lost the chain because some, some uh, Jobsworth referee made me take it off when I was playing football. But I used to get lots of spots on my neck, like really big, mm. horrible boil spots. And you could go into school, and they'd be like right up the top of your hairline. And I think that. The, the grease from the chain and I, I clearly wasn't washing my neck properly because once the chain was gone spot free neck ever since hmm. so it's obviously the chain isn't it it's a little uh yeah so if you've are got you, if you've got a very spotty neck take that chain off are you a popper so, were you a popper you got to pop them yeah yeah you've got to, you've just yeah. had to I, it yeah. used to make me sick i'd rather see like a red mark where someone's popped it than a big yellow horrible yeah pop. you can't go to school with with that can you i think you've got just no, no. you've got two nil what a shame. What a shame. <laughs> what a shame. Probably, Your disdain probably for better Scottish people. No, I, is... lo- I love I love I love all I love oh, all it people. Sounds like it. I love all people yeah. equally. Probably better go home and have a little cry, I reckon. Um <laughs> right. Cry into, cry into your square sausages, you yeah, fucking weirdos. Cry into your iron brew. Uh back cry from break. <laughs> cry shag your haggis. Oh what a shame. What a terrible shame. Uh, back from break, Ross and Magnum were talking about a great tag team encounter, stinging Chris Adams versus Terry Taylor and Eddie Gilbert. Ross said, this thing was getting a little out of hand and we cut to a match in progress. Sting was sporting a phenomenal rat's tail. Anyone have a rat's tail on the uh, oh, on the pod? Big time. Did you? <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. It was horrendous. I don't know what my parents were thinking. Let me oh, have this. God. Not for, not for a prolonged period of time. It was because of Sting, I think. Now, bear in mind, I didn't watch WCW, but yeah. I had a WCW action figure. So I was like, I tell you what, he's blonde, I'm blonde, I'll have some of that. Go for it. Hey, question for the panel, because a lot, a lot of my friends at primary school and then early secondary school did watch WCW on a Saturday afternoon, but I was always out, and I know that, I know all of you are football fans, so I never saw it, because I was always either at Fulham or doing, you know, I had to do homework or something else on a Saturday. <laughs> or just going and shouting at Scottish people, <laughs> just anywhere you can find. Just that's what I like to do as a seven-year-old. But do you, because, so I I feel like I very rarely ever watch any WCW on ITV, but a lot of my friends have got loads of memories of watching WCW Worldwide, pretty much every, uh, I nearly scored then, um, every single, basically every single weekend. What was your, what are your memories of that? Because I think 1991, 92, it was on a lot. Do, do any, did, it, did any of you watch at all? One, yeah. No, sorry. Go on, sorry, Tom. No, one, one body memory could be around like my parents' friend's house and it flicking through the channels and it being on and seeing Jesse Ventura. Oh, because that was later, like, then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that was really confusing. Yeah. Me. I got very confused at that. Um, But that's literally the only memory I've got. I never watched it at all. Don't know what I was doing, but I wasn't watching that shit. Yeah. Alex? <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I did. I, I spoke about this when we did maybe four briefly. Um, so when I was at primary school, uh, me, both my mum and dad were working. So my granddad, God bless him, would pick us up, and he like he used to record it. So he, so he used to record WCW on ITV and then uh, go home, 
uh, go off to his house, he'd either give us a Milky Way or a Bounty, mm-hmm. and I'd sit there with a Milky Way or a Bounty. And what was your favourite? Were you a bit gutted when you got a Bounty one week? No, no, no. I, I do like a Bounty. Okay, you're like one of them. Bounty, yeah. yeah, I am, yeah. I'm one of them dirty perverts that like <laughs> Um I like how you can get two, and then you can eat one normally, and then the other one you can bite all the chocolate around and then eat the coconut. Okay, nice. Anyway, nice. so yeah, so I remember watching yeah WCW and that, and it was always squash matches uh, up until the main event, and I seem to remember the main event used to always be like stacked. Used to, I remember six man tag matches with like yeah. Sting, Tom Zenk, Johnny B Bad versus Vader. My mind's gone blank. Oh, the, you know, that really yeah, I know stats. what you mean. Yeah, yeah really stacked. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I, I look back really fondly, and then I'm, like my granddad's not with us anymore. But um, uh, yeah, he, he got me into wrestling. My granddad just oh, that's lovely. Like, my really grand got kind of got me in as well. So it's a similar sort of thing. Do you what? What are your memories of that, Sam? Is do, do you remember or did that sort of pass you by? I'll be honest. I don't even know it was on ATV. Okay, okay, yeah. I reckon I, I always bled WWF. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but so from it would have been from the season ninety one, ninety two, I think. I had a season skip. No, ninety three, ninety four it was. We got a season skip, but I used to go down there. Yeah. From like September ninety one, I think it was. So that's pretty the time regularly. This yeah. This is yeah. the time it was on and afterwards, yeah. Yeah, well, and also we only have one TV at home, and there wasn't no way my mum was watching WCW because she's a classy lady and she ain't watching <laughs> that much. It's funny because I I th- I think I always <laughs> felt like I was like I WWF and WCW wasn't so good, but I, I can't. No one was telling me that, but it just was a feeling that I had. Did any of you read any magazines around that sort of time that weren't WWF magazine? Like Inside Wrestling was one that I remember used, used to get. I read the all that it. Oh, Vino. What about um? Did Vino have Billy's boots in it? No, not that. No? It might have done, but not that I remember. Oh, maybe I... the Royal of the Rovers had Billy's boots in it. Actually, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about old magazines the other day, based on a conversation that we had in the WhatsApp, uh, in the Random Wrestling Review WhatsApp chat, and I think I mentioned something about grot, and you, Stephen, <laughs> said that grot is an underutilized <laughs> yeah. word, and then I got to thinking about like uh, there was like a magazine called Grot, and it was like the Viz, but it was a bit more like. There was another one called Smut as well, which were a bit more grotesque. Would okay. I say. And then I started thinking about Nobby's Piles in, in Viz. Did anybody used yeah. to read Viz? I never watched, never yeah. never read Viz, yeah. Oh, it's mag- magnificent. There's a guy called Nobby's Piles, and his camera was so bad that people would mistake them for other things. So there was one <laughs> where like he got drunk in a pub and fell asleep on a on a pool table, and someone thought they were like a, just like a triangle of golf of snookables. So someone's like <laughs> with a with a snooker cue. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was a little tangent. No, no I did not. <laughs> I That's right think... in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I did not think we'd end up there. Um, I've Sorry. completely forgotten where we were actually, but I'm gonna. I've gone back because yeah, let, let's. We've had some lovely tangents. I'm sure we'll have many more to come as well. So, what? Where are we? Stinging Chris Adams versus Terry Taylor and Eddie Gilbert. Match went through a break. Uh, we had a British design drill hybrid. Oh, um, and then finally, yeah, finally, uh, and then back straight back to the match before the advert got to its prime. Sadly, uh, this one predictably went to a schmoz finish when Rick Steiner interfered for the DQ win for Sting and Adams. Um, Sting got a measure of revenge. By 
by slamming Steiner into the ring post on the outside and then continued the beat down on Gilbert. Adams even hit Taylor on the outside with an orange cone. Uh, Gary yeah. Young, <laughs> Gary Young, the newest member of Gilbert's group, got in to try and make the save and he ate across body. Sting called the family. Uh, <laughs> what did he call her? <laughs> He called them Puffet. He called them the Puffet Brigade. (laughs) It's all kicking off. It's all kicking off. Uh, And said he'd eat their lunch. Adams, who was dressed in a great American bash polo, along with Shane Douglas, who also was in said polo and some white pants, he said some stuff. And then Douglas cut a short one-line promo like he'd never had to speak to a human being in his life before. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember the polos, but nothing else. Uh, Alex, what do you think of the match in the aftermath here? Um... Yeah, I quite enjoyed the match, actually. Um, Chris Adams, I'm really impressed with Chris Adams, actually. I've never heard of him or never seen him in, a, in anything before. Um, I, I loved how he was trying to um, make Terry, uh, Terry Taylor tag him. He had him in the armbar yeah. and took him over to the corner. I loved that. I thought it was brilliant. Um, Chris Adams, excellent Lufez press. Sting, not so much. Um, <laughs> and then... We, we've got to mention Randy Anderson, who at the start of the match just started running around in a circle. <laughs> in the middle. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, I noticed the traffic cone and I noticed it quite early on. I thought, why is there a traffic cone there? And then um, the amazing traffic cone shot at the end and I put, well, that's why it was there. And if we were doing it at the same kind of style as a random wrestling review... Um, the traffic cone will be my MVP. Okay, fair enough. I noticed, yeah, yeah. I noticed it early on, thought, why the hell is there a traffic cone there? And then it was used to full effect at the end. And I thought, brilliant. Yeah, so that the, the traffic cone's the MVP. MVP. Um, yeah, the Sting uh, promo, just homo- homophobic somewhat. Um, was he, was that he, what he was going for there? I thought it was. That, that's what I thought. Oh, okay. okay. I thought I, it was. I, I, might, I, I might be wrong, but that, I, I, that's what I thought. No, about. I wouldn't have. I didn't think that. And you, you may well be right, but I wouldn't have written it if I thought that. But perhaps that is what he was going for. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. That's what I thought it was. I mean, again, I might be wrong, but um, <clears throat> and, uh, obviously it's a different time in it then. Yeah, um, I'm not sure that word is a word in America because I know what I think I've connected the dots now. I'm not sure that's a word in America, so I'm not sure, but I, I probably had undertones of that regard, yeah, regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Sean Shane Douglas, short and sweet promo, probably a good thing. Um, yeah, overall, <laughs> overall, yeah, it was all right. Um, yeah, but I'm really impressed with Chris Adams, quite I liked him. Um, probably don't read his Wikipedia then because you might be yeah. feel like you feel a little bit let down about Mr. Chris Adams. Um, well, I'm definitely going to read that then. Aren't yeah, I? yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, what did you think of this? So the first part of the match um, was a bit sloppy and quite clunky at parts before the uh, before the great drill advert that we didn't sadly get to see the end of. Um, but then it, the, the we got back into the match and this went back to the match after the break and um, it's kind of when it all kicks off a little bit. Rick Steiner's selling of after he gets hit by Sting is incredible because he genuinely looks really concussed and I don't know <laughs> if Rick was. Steiner's that good enough at selling yeah. to be able to do that. Um, there's Sting hits his... It, 
it's not a stinger splat. It's just a flying splat that he hits. <laughs> I think on Terry Taylor later on. Um, and it was so that guy in the Pepto Bismol advert had done about fifteen minutes before. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but the, I've got I've got two two big big negatives about this match. First of all, you, you said Alex at the beginning that um, Chris Adams is is quite good, and I don't necessarily disagree with you on that. But at the beginning, he's just wandering around the apron, completely blocking everything. You can't <laughs> yeah. see anything for a while. And the second is Randy Anderson as the ref, as, as you said, and. He's got this thing that I've noticed that he does this really weird like kick with his leg when he's doing his count like a dog doing a wheel on a lamppost. <laughs> and he didn't do it in this match because there's not a pinfall attempt as far as I remember. So I was pretty livid about that. But overall, it was quite good. The pro at the end, yeah, the Sting bit's bizarre. Um, Chris Adams is very polite with his promo. He just sounds <laughs> really, really polite and well-measured and well-mannered, which I, which I thought was quite nice. Then, yeah, thankfully, Shane Douglas basically says nothing. So he, so he that's fine. by this stage and a little bit earlier than this in the promotion, I I think Chris Adams, Alex, if you're looking at his Wikipedia, perhaps now you perhaps you can you can cl- clarify this. I think he oh, beat well, up an air stewardess. I think. Mm. I believe it was certainly an air person working for an airline. And what oh, got yeah, an airline pilot by the collar headbutted him three times and punched a male flight attendant. Okay, Matt. Well, not. I mean, um, it, it's it. You know, it's it's still just as bad either way. But no, he was fine. He was basically a baby face on the show. So yeah, man, I got you know I got sent to prison, but I've learned from my mistakes and I'm a better better human now. And they kept pushing. It's like yeah, Chris Adams has paid his dues. If you've beaten up someone on an aeroplane, you've been sent to prison. You're a heel, not a baby face. So you can't make that a baby face thing. Um, sorry, anyway, well, sorry, to add two, on that. two years after that, he was arrested um, after his wife was found severely beaten. Yeah, oh. yeah, and then he was sentenced to a year's probation. So maybe I'm not that much of a fan of Chris. No, Adams. and his end, his end was very bad as well. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He t- turned himself in on a manslaughter charge. Yeah, and then got shot. Because that what that wife wasn't the wife that was married to Steve Austin, was it? Or was it was it Jeannie Williams? Uh, Tony. No, Tony Adams. Not the. Oh yeah, yeah. I think she. I think Tony. Fuck yeah! You must have been hard if he severely beaten Tony Adams up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Oh, so sorry, I can't remember who's spoken about this. Has anyone not spoken about this match so far? Uh, I haven't. Go I on. love the fact that they cut to the. They're saying like, "Oh, it was breaking down a bit." This match apparently. So they cut in. And Sting just holds this guy in a bloody chin lock for about 30 seconds mm. and then releases it. Then they do a little bit. Lovely. Then another chin lock. Yeah. But I thought this was a bit crap. I feel like the screwdriver set advert was what really pushed them to what came after. And I loved I loved the rest of it. I thought it was really good. I personally thought that Adams cut a crap promo and it was boring and he has no charisma. And now I know he's horrible. Nothing. Bloody hell! Oh, crikey! Uh, right. <laughs> so, nah, that's terrible. I can't. I, 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 I take the last bit out. Fair enough. I mean, I, I think they're staying in as well. I just can't face editing, and I certainly can't face tough. That those are the views of uh, of old man rather than the pro wrestling moments podcast. Moving on. That's a, that's a lie. That's a lie. Off air. He's been banging this drum for about two weeks. <laughs> In the WhatsApp group, I can't stop going on about it. Right. Honestly, he's, he's going on about Chris Adams and Scottish people. He ain't no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. It's not true. I love, I love and our Haggis. friends. 
I love our friends north of the border. Flair vignette. I've seen it before. Let's move on. Blair dealership, blah, blah, blah. Back to Ross and Magnum. And they talked about Nikita Koloff. And Ross said they knew that Terry Taylor was the UWF TV champion. And Dakota, Nikita Koloff was the NWA TV champion. And John Ayres, the UWF commissioner, was looking to sign a unification match. Uh, mm. Well, for starters, we didn't know that, that about Terry. Because the last time uh, we saw the show um eddie gilbert was still tv champion so eddie gilbert inexplicably dropped the title to shane douglas of all people on august the 3rd 1987 in morgan city louisiana and then lost it to terry taylor on september the 2nd in lafayette um the key to color versus vernon deaton ridiculous name for the nwa world tv title was next and the commentator hey, my, was my granddad was called vernon <laughs> I'll have you know. but is he was he a wrestler no no one but he's, he, he was a cracking pianist though Good, fair play, Vernon. What was it? What does he specialise in on the on the, the jazz? Lovely the jazz, yeah, jazz max. <laughs> jazz, he definitely specialised in jazz max. God rest his soul. God, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, uh, JJ Dillon was on commentary. He said he didn't think Deaton was an acceptable challenger in spite of being raw boned. <laughs> <laughs> Which means something altogether different. <laughs> Koloff deposited Dean in under a minute. Anything, just shout out. Have you got anything out to add about this match or raw boning? Please, uh, please come forward now. <laughs> Has anybody uh, watched Severance on Apple TV Plus? I've heard it's very forward. And oh, uh, no, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen no. it. No, been, sorry, he, just, yeah. he constantly uses the phrase raw dogging incorrectly. All now, the hold time. on. That's not <laughs> Severance, that. is it? That's not Severance. No, it's it? not. No, not, not Severance. Um, Shrinking, sorry. Yes, shrinking. I have seen shrinking. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Constantly using the phrase "wall dog" and wrong <laughs> yeah. all the time. It's amazing. That's a great um, show. Really good. It is. Uh, anything else? Anyone else have anything to add on Koloff and Vernon here? Uh, I liked that JJ did a commentary. Picked out on the fact that Vernon was shit, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, it was basically an easy match, and it wasn't really fair. Yeah, I thought it was a classic. <laughs> Excellent, Alex. Uh, I've gotten. Come no on, notes. say some now. Come on, I've you got, got him. I've got no notes about the match at all. I've just got Nikita Koloff versus Vernon Deaton, and that's it. And it just ain't nothing. Shit clothesline. I, oh, I have, sorry. The worst clothesline I've ever seen at the end. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so. Where am I in my notes? I'm not on the right page, which is good. Labamba on CD next. More war games. The British design dual driver. And then back to Missy on a sofa somewhere with Terry Taylor and Eddie Gilbert. Missy said she was on the road with the guys. She asked how it felt being on the top again. Um, Eddie said they'd always been on top and you can fool some of people some of the time, blah, blah, blah. Douglas said, uh, Douglas should never have been champion, I agree. And now there's a real champion again. Taylor said he didn't have the belt with him because Shane had kissed it too many times every night he defended it and it was being cleaned. <laughs> um, Taylor said nobody could touch them and describe them both as being TV champion. Eddie said he'd give the people a title match anytime he wanted Needed some more Terry Taylor here, but I thought this was pretty good. Uh, Alex, why don't you go first? Uh, I, re I really liked Eddie Gilbert in it, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, really charismatic. Um, looked like a, a million a million dollars sat there on the on the couch. I did. I, I weren't that keen on Terry Taylor when he oh, started really? speaking. I thought he, he kind of mumbled his words a little bit at the start or it come across that way. It just didn't seem... Um, I, I preferred Eddie Gilbert basically. Um, kind of got into the swing a bit eventually, but yeah, I did quite like it. Um, it did present them both as pretty big stars. Uh, that's how it appeared to me, anyway. Uh, Tom, 
well, for start, it kind of looks like the beginning of a very awkward casting couch video, I thought. <laughs> um, which is quite awkward, especially with Missy going on about being on top all the time. I was mm. like, mm. and I get the idea. She's, I think, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Matt referred to saying, like, she's as full of innuendo all the time, Missy White, and on what what little um, has been seen of her on, on the, our other show. But um, I thought this is the most charismatic I've ever seen Terry Taylor. Bear in mind, I've only ever seen him as the Red Rooster. So, you know, he's pretty starting from a low bar. Um, and the sunglasses on them both. It's wonderful. Mm. Absolutely wonderful sunglasses action. Um, but yeah, I thought it was all right. I think it basically, again, told a bit of a story about about like Shane Douglas's because I did wonder why he was involved in that previous promo. So it kind of gave a little bit more context as to why he may have been involved in the yeah. in the Sting and uh, Chris Adams match. So yeah, I thought it was pretty decent. Um and it felt it felt quite important. And I really liked the fact that it was obviously done in like I don't know, or made to look like it was done like in a penthouse or in a conference room or something like that to make to, you know, to give you a bit of you know a bit of a uh, feeling that you you know you're out of the studio somewhere else doing this, which I thought yeah. was quite good. Sam um, I don't know why you brushed over the Richie Valens CD. Oh, sorry. I can't apologise. <clears throat> oh, because I actually thought that looked pretty good, that CD. And I might listen to some Richie Valens. Again, good price. sixteen ninety five. Mm. <laughs> but there's, there's a lot of tracks on that CD. It's, and an, old, the, uh, it's an old Idol promise favourite, that. La Bamba. We used to do that. We mixed it with Twist and Shout. So oh, lovely Twist and Shout and mixed La Bamba in the, uh, back on. when the band first started. Yeah, what, or what are some you... sorry, Tom. What are Alex? What are some of your key go tos in your band now? Mm. Why don't you give oh, it a right. bit? Of, why don't you plug it out there? Because because there's you know there's we've got hundreds of thousands of listeners, much more than mm. the random rest of you, obviously. Most oh. of them in America, actually. About not, not in, in America. Scotland. <laughs> not now. <laughs> we don't need you. You're two nil down. Piss off. <laughs> right, yeah, go on. Give us a bit of plug for your your band, Alex. Also, oh, a rock a rock indie covers band. Just mm. covers. Been going 14 years. Amazing. That's great. 14 and a half years, actually. Um, there's only me and the bass guitarist from the original lineup, but the band has been going 14 years. Um, we do play the the uh, classics, Mr. Brightside. Love it. Um, <laughs> I Predict a Riot, Chelsea Dagger, mm. Rogers, uh, Song 2. But we, we do try and do different things. So we do Nothing Else Matters, Metallica. Uh, nice. The share in Fleetwood Mac. Um, my mind's gone blank now, and sing them all the time. But um, we we end like with the best song or my favourite song of all time. The encore is Champagne Supernova. Oh, okay, gets great. Everyone, gets everyone up singing. Um, but yeah, we're on Facebook, and we're on a bit of a, a mission. We got we want to try and get to two thousand likes by the end of the year. Um, so if anyone's on, I'm going to do it right now because I remember I, I remember doing listen to it and I didn't have I wasn't able didn't do it. So well, I'm going to do it right now while you're while you read this out. So go ahead. Excellent. I think we're on 1,700 and odd. I think so. We're not far off. But it's idle I D L E, and then promise idle promise. And anyone in the northwest, um, just get on Facebook and you'll find out when we're gigging next. There you go. Done. Anytime soon. Uh, I don't think so. No, it's a bit of a, a bit of a distance to come. Can I put up, put something out to the panel now? Is there any chance that you three and and Ben, the Godfather, are going to come to all in next year? Uh, I want to. I really want. Yeah. To. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Is that because I said I'm going? Absolutely. <laughs> For fuck's sake. 
the, the, probably the, not. The, yeah, God. The reality, the reality is, um, well, I'm breaking this on this podcast actually, but I got another oh, one on the way. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'll be, I'll, I'll be very much in uh, in full on dad mode at that point, and I don't what think is I can just February is it. Uh, January. So January. I don't think I can. I don't think I can justifiably spend the money on getting to London and spending the weekend there for I a think you've, you've got a permission that I don't watch. You've got so, a slight excuse, then I think. Yeah. I, so, I, what I, do you think? I just don't want to. <laughs> I, I, honestly, it's I fair enough. The the thing for me would be having a few beers beforehand. Yeah. I have no appetite for this show at all. Okay. Interesting. I, yeah. The more I think about. Clash of the Castle, the more I realised that I didn't enjoy it really, really at all. Yeah, like it was it was about the beforehand. It was about like obviously we saw you Rockstar for the first time. Then we met you, Stephen, we met Matthew, we met Matthew's mate Kieran. And it was like that was kind of enough for me. Yeah. And then we got about an hour into the show and I was like I wouldn't really care if I went home now, to be honest. And don't get wrong, I, 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 I enjoyed the main event more than I think Tom and Ben probably put together. But yeah, I just don't, I don't have the appetite to go to London for that. And and I know this is an awful thing to say because I'm on a wrestling podcast, but to hang out with a load of wrestling fans as well. Like, <laughs> especially AEW wrestling fans. Wow, controversial. Yeah, I, but... I wish I wish you told me you could have gone home halfway through the show, man, because you know I was feeling absolutely dreadful. Yeah, so hung over by the time we got into the arena that I could, Incredible. I couldn't enjoy it at all. Yeah. Well, I'm Are a you... big sorry, Sam. I was going to say I, I'm a big believer in doing what you want to do. Now I know that's more difficult when you when you know kids and the such like but i think if you don't want to do it then why have you dragged and do it don't do it as simple as yeah. that so i I, res- I do respect that um perhaps perhaps 2025 we'll, we'll be able to convince you after tony khan booker of the year book some incredible <laughs> wrestling and gets you into it but alex we'll, 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 we'll obviously we'll keep in touch as and when tickets i know i know matt's on board we might have to we might have to do it in two um two groups of tickets i think the six of us that went will probably do it again plus we've got another couple of people interested but if we could sit in two groups somewhere and meet all before that'd be great so yeah we'll keep, i, I think, think for me it's more just the, ex- the the experience. I mean, I had a really yeah. good time at Clash of the Castle. I loved the before and I really enjoyed the show. Um, but with I'm not an AEW fan, but I was all, I was in Florida when uh, All In was on this year. Yeah, and it was just mainly a, a, the the kind of I'd go for the experience. Yeah, I I wouldn't go. I'd probably go once and then that'll be it. Yeah, yeah. I'd go yeah. for the experience hundred percent. I, I think now I would have a cracking time at a house show with you boys somewhere. Yeah, yeah. a WWE yeah. house show somewhere. Yeah, Lovely. we should try and do something. I mean, we're all, we're all different. We're all, all very spread out, unfortunately, aren't we? But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe there'll be something at some point we can all go to at the same. I, mean, I don't mind traveling, so yeah, it's probably I mean, easiest for me. I am planning on go- on visiting Bristol on April the sixth when Bolton play Bristol Rovers. That's WrestleMania yes. weekend, isn't it? Yes, it is actually. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I booked my hotel because it's cancellation on the day. So if I don't get tickets or whatever, you know, if anything goes tits up, but yeah, yeah, I did mention it a bit ago. But yeah, I'm planning, mm. planning on doing it. If you want to come and watch the Mighty Whites, 
<laughs> I think Fulham are at home that week. Uh, where are Fulham? At? I can't remember. Anyway, anyway, we'll we'll, we'll, anyway. we'll I'm sure we'll have a we'll have can't. something in in due course where we can get to. Go. Let's let's that finish. Was, this. Um, that was scintillating for the listeners. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not yeah. editing that out. Yeah. I just don't care. <laughs> I don't care. If you could all tell me what we had for lunch today as well, that'd be excellent. <laughs> um, right. Finally, we joined a Barry Windham and Arn Anderson match in progress, which was described as the featured bout of the program. We got a great and cutting promo from UWF Tag Team Champions, Tim Horner and Kenny Omega lookalike, Brad Armstrong. I don't know why I said Kenny so angry. I love Kenny, much better than Shawn Michaels. Um, Brad flat out interrupted his partner here, albeit he did apologise for it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he was quite a bit better than the Horner. He was quite a bit better than the Horner here. Um, Tim tried to interrupt back, but Brad wasn't having any of it. Uh, we got another version of the Musketeer chocolate advert where the lads were out on the town and then s- another sculptured nails and an advert for the horror film, The Offspring. Has anyone heard of that? Oh, it looks amazing. No. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard of it, but I really no. want to watch it. Uh, we then got a WWA show from Madison Square Garden's Felt Forum advertised uh, before we got back to Anderson and Wyndham. Uh, I enjoyed the huge floodlight in the corner of the arena that attempts to burn out my retinas every time that shot was chosen by the director. Hmm. Uh, Teddy Long was ref again and seemingly had had a hard night, as by this point he had an untucked shirt and it's a bit of a scruff. Uh, the crowd was into it, but I was struggling uh, joining a match in progress at the break and won that from the amount, announcement of the time being left. seemed so obvious it would go to a time limit draw, which it did. Mm. Um, Sam, why don't you go first? What do you think of this whole section of stuff, the adverts, the match, etc. here? There's two uh, incredible dance with a hot dog. I, mean, I think that's about as good as your night's going to get, ladies, I'm afraid. Uh, Sam, back over to you. Uh, so there's a cracking atmosphere when they cut to the match and then they cut to the adverts. Uh, the advert with the lads, then. Yeah. Mm. As they're driving off, what are you looking for? The best night of my life. And then one of them says, he's like, oh, do you reckon you can handle that? Or, so, or words <laughs> to that effect. I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, the Offspring film, again, I'd like to see that. Mm. Vincent Price. Vincent Price, what must have been one of his last roles because Edward Cisarans is 91 and he dies I think during the making of that so he's yeah he's 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 not long for this world old Vincent um yeah then some stuff happens and I didn't really I didn't really I was a bit bored actually (laughs) yeah I I gotta be honest there's no other way I could I was trying to be nice but I just got a bit bored of it really I don't that's okay um, We've talked about this. Like, I realise now when Arn Anderson's born, do you think? Unless he's, yeah, unless he's having that tag match, okay, with with old whoever it was, uh, to uh, Tolly Blanchard when they're whipping around the ring, I just don't find him very interesting to watch. And also, I didn't think anything was going to happen because, like you said, it's a time limit draw. It's yeah, always happening. It was so obvious that was going to be the case. Yeah. Um. Alex, what did you make of this? Yeah, I thought it was a bit boring as well, actually. The worst chops I've ever seen when Barry Windham's in an armbar. It, I've seen better chops at Weatherspoons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was like just feathering him, feathering him while he yeah. was had him in the armbar. Terrible. Um, I, I thought that the crowd was shouting RKO. <laughs> Sounded like they were shouting <laughs> RKO. Randall um, Keith, Randall Keith. <laughs> Um, I, I thought I liked the superplex, um, but then yeah, you could tell it was going to a time 
time limit draw and they're counting the time down and they're still going for wrestling moves instead of trying to get a quick pin in. But now nah, it was it, it was a bit boring. I that the offspring film, oh my god. Uh, I really, really want to watch it. I was looking at uh Amazon how much it'll be on DVD and stuff <laughs> And I couldn't yeah, I was struggling to find it. I I got um um it there was some sort of what was it called Whispers in the Dark or something? It, it seemed to be like four short films. It was when I typed in the offspring. Okay, I like, come up with this. Sure, it was called Whispers in the Dark or something like that, and it was four short films. Uh, Whispers so in got... the Dark sounds like a Hardy Boys move, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, <clears throat> it does. It probably wasn't that. It's was probably something something completely different. But yeah, anyway. Oh, from a whisper to a scream, nineteen eighty-seven. That's what the the that was the the offspring was the original title. Um, but anyway, five point eight so internet movie database. Have you bought it though? Is the question? No, no, no. Pretty dear. I'll, I'll keep looking though because I'm definitely, I'll, I'll definitely want to see that. Well, that sounds like a review for when? When? When's the? Sorry, Tom. When are we doing? Is it two that twenty twenty five? Actually, sorry, we're doing it in twenty twenty four, but it's coming out in twenty twenty five. The next wrestling film review. Yeah. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And tell me that was a fucking bastard to edit that fucking shit. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Awful, littered with inaccuracies from me. I had to take out about twenty minutes. That's why I just don't edit. Don't edit anything. Is yeah. the thing. Uh, uh, what are your What are your thoughts on this final sort of segment of the show? Well, you know, you're always going to get a good match when it starts off with someone in the head scissors. Doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> um. Um. Arn Anderson is extremely tanned in mm. in this match, and it made me wonder what kind of like dad esque jobs he was doing like the day prior yeah. to do it. So like, he was, like oh, I think like, tanning beds. So I, I reckon he was. was I reckon, no, I, re- I reckon he was like mowing the lawn shirtless, though. <laughs> they were painting a fence, washing the car. You know, those other kind of Sunday dad jobs. Sunday, that, bloody Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I did think there were some pretty. Uh, see, Arn Anderson versus um, Barry Windham makes my testicles go back up inside myself a little bit because, <laughs> again, I, I, like old man said about Arn Anderson, he's quite boring, and I've always found Barry Windham quite boring as well. Um, but this match was better than I thought. There's some pretty stiff European uppercuts from Barry Windham, which I which I quite liked. Um, a huge, um, like uh, a huge pop when a sleeper goes on at some point mm-hmm. during it. Um, and yeah, the super the weaver. The you mean pretty good. the weaver? Yes, the weaver. The weaver. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually put broke that down down there, but I thought I got myself confused. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was, and there was also a pretty brutal head to head collision that looked pretty legit in this. I thought actually, but um, yeah, it was. But I, I just liked the yeah. advert. For the offspring in the middle, and the bit, a uh, bit that I wanted to mention earlier was the advert for the powerful uh, women of wrestling taking place at MSG, which oh, I yeah. found really confusing because I was like, I thought this was like a down south promotion. Why are they advertising an MSG show? But then, obviously, what you just said yeah. then, uh, at the beginning of the episode, this is obviously a New York broadcast. But it did, it did really, it really threw me for a little bit. I was like, fucking, that's a long way to travel for what looks like mm. some pretty shit wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> book your travel package. All right, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the feminist amongst us. Right, gentlemen, right. What we're going to do now, we'll go... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Go on, hang on, Sam. Go on, Sam. Go on, Sam. Go on, Sam. I, I completely... For... You forgot No, I completely right. forgot to mention this. Yeah, yeah. So, as they go back to the studio, JR says, well, nothing was proven with that match. <laughs> and then there's about two seconds of silence, and then he picks up on it, and then Magnum TA talks about something. That was it. That was it. 
That's all Sorry, right, Stephen. Well, that's okay. As you're on the screen, so this is what I want for each of you to do now. Is just give me a cu- couple of final thoughts about the episode. And again, like, like mm. we said, Sam, on the on the first one, would you would this be mm. if you, if this was eighty seven? You had a bit of WWF to watch, a bit of Crockett. Would would this be enough to get you to watch again the following week? Sam, you go first. So for those that have listened to episode one, I don't know if you're doing this as a whole thing. We are, yes. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So episode one, at the end of that, I said, based on that episode, I will probably watch this semi-regularly. Based on this episode, absolutely not. Okay, I yeah. thought big I format change, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought without the adverts and the trailer for the offspring film, I feel like this is a really poor it's probably only forty minutes, I reckon. Yeah. With, with everything taken out. It's a really poor, disjointed, messy schmoz of a show to be honest and I was uh, I'll be honest I watched this one literally today because I really enjoyed episode one I was like you know Mm. what if I'm going to be on the call anyway I feel like I missed now and I got halfway through this I was like fuck Stephen no don't say that you should should be gross I'm Chris Adams (laughs) Yeah. No more. Yeah. No. Oh God. No. No. But like <laughs> away from Stephen's hatred of the Scots. Um. Yeah. I thought this was really poor. I gotta be honest. I thought I was really. I know it's so stupid. Everything that's going on in our lives and that. But I was really bummed out after I finished watching this. Oh, I'm sorry. To, I thought this was far funner for people to watch than the first one. But as you watched the first one, you, I guess you got a, a look at what was a solid wrestling show and it kind of became this in the second one. Well, I think it was more the fact that, so I finished watching this and then about four minutes later, I was on the call with you talking about the first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think as we were talking about it, as I was going on for about 50 minutes about American football and Aaron Rodgers, I think yeah. it, it <laughs> dawned on me. First half an hour. Yeah, it dawned on me just how poor I thought this show was. But you know what? God, see Magnum TA's Tash, um, bad back. I think from the car accident. Is that where he sat? Yeah, and he's got. No, I don't yeah. think he's got any uh, use of one of his arms either at this point. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Anything more, Sam, on the episode? Uh, no, I've had a away from that. I've had a bloody lovely time. Yeah. initially with you Stephen and then Alex crashed the party early which uh, which according to your missus isn't the first time you've come early oh. um, <laughs> but, but um, yeah no I've had a great time with you boys as always and this is the first time that me and Rockstar have been on any audio recording together wow which, okay if I, I'm, which if I'm, I'm being honest on. yeah well no I've been on with him no, no. Too many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and uh, if I'm honest, that was kind of a selling point as well. Oh, I love it. For, for doing this episode. So, yeah, it's been a treat. Lovely I'm stuff. Off all Alex. Um, yeah, not for me. Not for me. But I think I'm going to watch that first episode because um, I, it's the format. I couldn't, I just couldn't. Mm-hmm get me head around it yeah not get me head around it it just it, 
it, it, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, and then the matches, you know, we were building up to a match, and the match was like five seconds long. And yeah. then building up to the next match and that. So I didn't know that it was. A, I, I thought that this was how, how these shows were. Um, no, no, I don't no. Know anything about the product? So I think we're going to give that first show a watch and compare it to uh, to the second one. If uh, I was going to, if, if okay, so if if you, I would, what I would do if you if you've got an hour to watch something, I would pick something out of 1984, 1985, Mid-South, because that is really... What we are in, here now is kind of the promotion dead that I, that I started this podcast. And this is this is kind of just the, the Crockett, post-Crockett buyout, Crockett buy And all I'm really doing is finish, finishing it off so it's, it's over. Yeah. But the real essence of this promotion and what people, you know, kind of remember is that stuff with, you know, Rock and Roll Express... Midnight Express. The one that I would really recommend you watch, actually, and I'll I'll find I've sent it to you, Tom, haven't I? I talk, we've talked about this. Um, is the Rick Flair Rick Flair Ted DiBiase World Title Challenge? Ted DiBiase had been a heel up to that point in the promotion, and it's an incredible hour of television. It's the one that I got Bill Watts on to to kind of talk about and review, and that I think is late eighty five. But I'll send you the link to that. Right, but yeah, yeah, don't yeah, waste your on. time watching that first <laughs> one. If you want to watch an hour of what this promotion is all about, those are the ones to yeah. watch. Right, okay, yeah, send it to us and I'll watch it. But yeah, it's yeah, not for me, not for me. Uh, two out of ten with me rating. <laughs> Lovely. So I didn't know whether we're doing it with this, with the same thing. And the traffic cone is the MVP, obviously. Nice, I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, Tom. Um, so for a little bit of context, yeah, Stephen did. Uh, I had a spare hour about a week or so ago, and I was, I was like, "Give me an episode of Mid to watch." So he told me the exact one to watch, and I obviously watched the wrong one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know. Where I was, was I was traveling on the tube or something when I was messaging you about that. I think, you, and you I kept re- moving out of reception trying to come back, kind of come back to you. But yeah. Yeah, because I went onto the network and I just found the one that said Ted DiBiase challenges um, challenges Rick Flair. So I watched it. I was like, that was all right. I don't know what he's on about, really. It was fine. <laughs> then it turns out it was a completely wrong fucking thing. Um, in the in terms of the format, I I didn't mind the format because it made me think. It I guess it depends if if you're watching this as a supplement to a longer show with more wrestling, then I think it would be really good because it would just hit you with the. With the you know the the big points that you know the, the big mm. talking points of the week or whatever, but if this is the main show on its own and this is what they're hoping to get you into the arenas on and to get you, um, I don't know if they yeah they would have had pay per views presumably uh, or or an equivalent or big shows to to get you into. Then I don't know if it would necessarily tempt me into that. Um, but going into it like as in like I've just flicked through the channel and found it, I would have sat there for an hour and watched it. Yeah. Um, but. As a, but the, I will still say, and it's probably a bit of a damning indictment on the show, that the highlight was the adverts. Yeah. <laughs> so it it's, yeah. it's a bit hit and miss. And and um, but I I did quite enjoy it. I, I did enjoy it, and and I enjoyed the base at the end, and I enjoyed the end credits, which involved someone who was a tape operator whose name is El Fabuloso. Lovely. It was wonderful. I, mean, I um, think. Sorry, Tom. Carry on. But it also made me think about how. How did they film these matches? So are these are these effectively just like touring shows and they're just recording random matches and then putting them on? Or because because some of them are like really short. So I can understand the idea of a TV match being just like just like you know, four minutes, three, four minutes, but or even less in some circumstances. Or or were they all kind of like filmed in like big batches? Or I was wondering if you had any context behind that? So, yeah, so I, th- I think, okay, so uh, so before this, um, UWF would have a TV taping probably about every week or every two weeks, probably every two weeks, actually, 
pre the buyout and that would do maybe a couple of episodes of television around mm. this time it may have changed for the for this format change crockett was doing either two or three television tapings i think pretty much a week so maybe two television tapings a week and and what it feels like is they had a uwf specific television taping up to maybe around this time but now i think all these matches are retreads of stuff that's appeared on other Crockett television. So actually mm. this isn't really driving people to a UWF show anymore. So, so the show that we, Sam and I watched that was in the Superdome and it would have been pushing stuff. So that's a UWF show with some Crockett people on it, but that had kind of gone by this point. I think they right. were still doing some touring, but all the shows were joint jointly promoted shows. So it was kind of it, they, all they were doing was filling television. And I think the reason they stopped at the end of the year is because it was Basically, Crockett was struggling financially and having an extra television taping was costing them too much money. So they just cut it because they weren't right. making any money out of it. I mean, these, this, they had good syndication, but there was no money in, te- in really in television. They, all the money was driven from the gate. So that's why yeah. it ended, essentially. And one last question from me. Uh, why does it say TWN on their desk? Um, it was So it was called the Wrestling, wrestling, I think, network. The wrestling network at the, the wrestling time. The Wrestling Network it was. Yeah. And it was, I think, again, it was just, this was just, I, I think some Crockett shows were probably presented from this studio as well. So right. it was kind of the overall banner. But it's a, it's a funny old time because it wasn't too long before Crockett was bought out themselves. So um, I think that was 88 as well, or early 89, 88, I believe. So Crockett itself was only in business for a short amount of time thereafter. So, yeah, strange old time for the world of wrestling where no, and AEW is a bit like this now. I was listening to a thing earlier on that when the num- when the number two promotion is very much established as being number two and the number one is doing well and WWE is doing really well, the, the, the number two promotion struggles to draw. So if AEW was a promotion then, now, without this TV money, they wouldn't be in business for much longer because they're. Mm. I think for Dynamite that's on tonight, they've sold 2,200 tickets for a show in an NBA arena that probably holds 12,000, which is Jesus. in John Moxley's hometown. I mean, they're just they're just not drawing at the gate anymore. But their their TV the TV money because TV so fragmented, they can still make it work from that. But that's why these these companies couldn't make it work because they couldn't draw the money at the box office. Pay per view was in its infancy. Um, so yeah, there we go. I'll tell you what, talk about a fucking come down from eighty thousand to two in the well, space yeah, of like three weeks. Exactly, so, but I, I I do maintain. I think Wembley was such a Wembley was the draw of that it was it was like mm-hmm. being at WrestleMania. Wembley's going to see a, a rest show in Wembley Stadium was a massive draw, and we're so starved of it. Right, gentlemen, I really enjoyed that so much. Thank you all, each of you. I look forward to being on uh, Random Wrestling Review with each of you. If you're not if you're not already a listener of Random Wrestling Review, and I'm sure some of you are. Um, we're currently doing uh, every single WrestleMania in history with all of the fine gentlemen you've heard tonight. So go over to RWR Pod UK on Twitter and check out the archives there. Um, thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back next month with our anti-penultimate. Yeah, that's a new word for me. So that's third from last episode of <laughs> UWF The Final Year. Um, we shall speak to you all again very, very soon. Splish, splash, I was taking a bell Long about a Saturday night just relaxing in the tub Thinking everything was alright Well, I stepped out the tub I put my feet on the floor I wrapped the towel around me And I opened the door And in a splish splash I jumped back in the bath Well, I was out and know There was a party going on There was a splishing and a splash Grilling with the feeling Moving and a grooving Rocking and a
belly splash, I forgot about the bell. I went and put my dancing shoes on, yeah. I was a rolling and a stone, reeling with the feeling, moving and a groove, splashing and a splashing. 